XM 105, Sirius 206, the Opie and Anthony channel. The Ron and Fez show starts right now.
Okay, let's get down to it, Bopper. Oh, buddies, it's the Ron and Fez Show, 866, Ron, Zero Fez, 866, Ron, Zero Fez, Chris Stanley, taking us back to the Britpop Wars in today's playlist. It was a difficult time for you, Chris, but... I, you know, I have to look back at it sometimes, you know? Sure. I mean, it was the fucking great... Britpop Wars of the, the early 90s. The weird thing is now the kids don't even care. No. You know what I mean? Now they don't even care. Maybe they should watch a little movie called Cruel Intentions. Were you uh, Oasis or Blur? Give me Blur, baby. See, I was all pulp. <laughs> <laughs> They're forgotten in the Britpop Wars. Uh, not by me. <laughs> not by me. Uh, all right. Um, you asked for it. You got it. I took care of it. The refs are going to be back. Yes. All I had to do... Is the same thing I did between Blur and Oasis. Get everybody sitting down together. Get them looking in each other's eyes. I think we're going to miss the bad refs. Immediately. Uh, obviously, I'm concerned with more people in Obama's America out of fucking work. By the way... More people uh, on the dole. Fez was cruising and telling me this... He's so relieved that Obama's got this wrapped up. And I said, I don't believe it. I think Mitt Romney, in the next month, the money comes in, the Republicans go out. It's a surge. The Dems, as always, as all liberals do, they fuck late, they sleep late. They're going to forget to show up. And Fez put cash on the barrel head. And I'm like, I get it. I know you believe. I just know how these things go. I, you can't feel comfortable at all with this fucking thing. That's his shoes off. He's supposed to be... And feet up. You're that confident that this thing is over based on polling. Based on polling. And then what What do we have left? We have th uh, three debates left. Four if you count the vice presidency. I don't see where things can turn around for Mitt Romney in a debate. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that liberals don't always show up. And Republicans have church buses. Uh, are you going to be hosting the debates on the iBank? Yeah, next Wednesday is the very first presidential debate. So I'll be hosting and moderating from the iBank. You know what I'm going to do for you this weekend? We're going to do a mock debate so that you are on your game. It'll be me against Chris Stanley. Okay. D did you uh, you guys do your podcast last night? Yep, on RideCast.com, New David Max Sports Program. It's up. Oh, I would love to have been there. Who uh, who did the show with you and Davis? Roy Schaefer. Jesus and Christ, that motherfucker. <laughs> Does he still call himself New Ronnie Bay and fucking... Hate that. Dave did give him some stern words, though. What was he's, that? He was like, basically, you got to keep your shit together or you're out. I don't believe it. Oh, it's he, there. It's on tape. I feel like he's puppeting Dave and Dave doesn't even fucking know it. Oh, because he's got that white magic. He keeps feeding up Dave's nose. That's all that show's turned into. He says he's clean. But, you know, you can't believe that. Somebody told me uh, that he's just running around telling people that he's little Ronnie B. And I'm like, you gotta stop that. Holy shit. I will hit him with a cease and desist. Or at least a cease. I don't care if, whether he 
desist or not. That's a stupid word. But cease. That's a fucking fine word. What did he fucking bring up last night? Rape videos? No, he was just on the keyboard mostly. Do you realize, you know, you guys do the fucking <laughs> hottest show on podcasting now. Whether you're doing sports or the watchers, which is absolutely my favorite show of all time. Thank you. And then Just that little coke dealer who tries to be, you know, in his mind, the new Ron Bennington, is in your fucking kitchens. I guess every time you look over him, you think, oh, I wish Ron was sitting there. We'd love to have you on. Seriously, please, come on. Not as long as Roy Schaefer's alive. Oh, my God. Um, ben, Oklahoma, you're my Fez. Hey, yes, sir. Hey, Fezzy. I'm I'm gay too. I used to work up in New York, and you know I'm totally. I was XLDS, but I gotta I gotta say we thought we were gonna win California, and uh, you know with the vote for the mayor. Liberals are lazy. I'm telling you, they didn't show up, and we end up getting slaughtered there. Here's the weird thing: liberals don't even like their candidate. They just uh, are you know hate Mitt Romney and all that he stands for. But that's it's might not, not like be they're enough. crazy about that. I don't think it's enough. Um, but Fez, you're rock sure of it. I am 100% positive that Obama's going to win this thing. That's Will not you move to France if it doesn't happen like with the Baldwins? Oh, absolutely. I am headed to Gay Paris. Um, Chris, you're going to Fez. Hey, Fez, didn't Jimmy Carter have this thing sewn up? And wasn't it the debates against Reagan that Carter absolutely lost the election. Well, Reagan did have that. Well, they really love them for that. They love them for that, and there you go again. Fucking Reagan was very, very comfortable man. During one of the debates, he takes out a thing of shoe polish, just starts rubbing it into his hair, and he yells out, "This is fucking 1930s Grecian formula." So fucking check it before I wreck it. He was that fucking into it? I yeah. mean, shouldn't he have oh, been yeah. doing that before he, well, he walked onto the state podium? He didn't need to because he was a fucking improvisational performer. You know? <sighs> he felt it, then he dealt it. I guess it worked. I mean, two fucking terms, right? People seem to like it. Two terms, uh, one bullet. <laughs> then he survived. And then he got what I call Jim and Man syndrome, where he just didn't know where he was anymore. Too many concussions. Do, do. Um, here's Ernest the Trucker. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. I just wanted to say Fez is 100% in on the Barack Obama. I'm laying all my money on Mitt Romney. That's actually really smart because this fucking bad luck schlep rock, <laughs> uh, who's got a just a cloud of Remeron ha hanging over his head. Rob Cross and I were in a meeting yesterday where we just were yelling at each other. You said he was going to get better. You said he was going to get better. You said he was going to get better. That sounds ugly. I think maybe double the dosage of Remeron. Uh, what I want to do is split it in half and then double it. And that's just the angle that I'm attacking this from. Can you snort Remeron? You can snort anything. Believe me, like I. What's the drip like? like? If it can be crushed, it can be snorted. That was always my thing. <laughs> can we get into a fine powder? 
Yes. I don't even need to. <laughs> I'll snort the fucking pill itself. I snorted a fucking contact once, thinking it would fucking help me. <laughs> All those tiny little things. Uh, Sam and the boys were bragging about how cute that Dana Kilpatrick was to me. Yeah. And they're going, she's little. I go, you ever see a big fucking racer? They don't like them big. They're not, it's not a tight end fucking You never run into that or a big fighter pilot. They're always tiny people. Those fucking cockpits are they're all goddamn equipment. There's you all... just called it a cockpit. Pick. Yeah, cockpick. <laughs> Get on the cockpicks. Um, Chris, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey. All right. Uh, Obama's got this election, and I don't like Obama, but... There's no reason that the powers that be are going to stir shit up by putting a Republican in office right now. They're going to give him his two years. Who's the powers that be? I don't know. Whoever's running whatever shit goes on. All right, like the shadow government. Yeah, well, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. But but, uh, obviously somebody... Obviously, there's people in control. Build that a bear are group is what I think. <laughs> right now, seriously, behind all the government fucking ideas is that build a bear group. Shit. Why isn't like fucking the economy better? Because those guys are churning out those things. Yeah, but that's where all our money is going into building bears. Fuck. And no one sees that as child labor, where they have to go in there and build their own bear. The only child labor I believe in was when babies are having babies. And then I'll go push, you little toddler. We're going to have two babies. Double the baby. I love when babies have babies because then the mom is cute, too. Oh, too young. Yeah, but then you get it over with. You know? And you have somebody to go to the prom with. Your own child. <sighs> um, Rob, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, guys. I just wanted to uh, shout out to all our fans of Metallica out there. Cliff Burton, greatest uh, metal rock bass player of all time. Today's the anniversary of his uh, untimely death, 1986. Uh, it was a very sad day in music history. I just wanted to shout out to all my buddies out there about it. There you go. Thanks, buddy. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Mick in Jersey, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello? Yeah. All right. I, uh, what's going on, Ronnie B? Um, Doing a radio I, show. Fez. Yes. The, um, some, the uh, Remeron isn't really working for you, right? Well, I, it hasn't kicked in completely yet. Well, I mean, don't you give any donuts last night? I, I was on the Remeron yes. too. Yes, really. And, uh, it donuts? didn't really do much. Uh, you gotta yeah, just hold on. Trying. We're talking about donuts right now. You get one that works. Hold on. You're driving me nuts. Quiet, please, sir. He's just fucking arguing with the voices in his head. How many donuts did you eat? I went. Uh, I had probably like uh, a mini pack of a half a dozen donuts. What do you mean a mini pack? Well, it wasn't a full dozen. Where where did you get it from? I went one. I took the Remeron and the Clonopin at the time I was supposed to. Hell yeah! And at one a.m., I'm out on the street going uh, to the all night deli to get donuts. Why didn't at least go to a Dunkin' Donut get something? I can't stand this anything that's inside a package like that. That's a baked good. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's delicious and moist. All right. Maybe I'm going the wrong way. Fresh. Now, Chris Stanley, I know that you're into bagel heads, right? I love the bagel heads, a new now, trend. Explain this to everybody. Okay. So now we call them bagel heads. Right. It's because they're put people are now putting implants inside their heads underneath the skin to make it look like they have a bagel on their head. 
Uh, and it looks like a big indentation. Indita- big, a big indentation. Like you have, a, like you slid a bagel underneath your fucking skin on your forehead. I am going to fucking tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Okay. Last week, I am walking down one of these side avenues. Uh-huh. There's a restaurant, people sitting there. I see a person with a huge dent in their head. Like, looks like it's going into their brain. And I'm like, what? Did they have a tumor taken on, off their fucking skull? Fucking car accident? Blah, blah, blah. Apparently, I saw a bagel head and didn't even know it. It's one of the freakiest fucking things I've ever seen. This, I know. I, I remember like uh, after like Star Wars came out, people started putting the spikes underneath their head, look like Darth Maul. Yeah, it was a great look. This is much freakier. This it's just a, it's a fucking donut. Now I want to know: bagel. is there any other reason that a person would have a big dent in their forehead? Did I see a bagel head, or could there be like a growth on the forehead? This thing looked like it was going into the head, and I wanted to back up and look. But, <laughs> you know that. what I mean? Like, I'm not a child. I can't fucking point and look. I had my split second of sideshow excitement, and I had to just... Now, I thought to myself, I'm going to go the rest of my life not knowing that. Now, I may have seen a bagel head. It's up on the iBang, these pictures of the bagel heads. A delicious-looking forehead mm. that looks like a bagel. There's some cream cheese on that. Now... Hicks, you are the body mut. Uh, what do they call it? Modification. modification. Yeah, I call it mutilation, but it's modification. You love this stuff. I really is fascinated by it. The bagel head thing. It's they how they do it is they put saline inside your forehead, like large amounts, to make it look like as if you have a donut. And so it's, it's will it eventually to- come back, and you'll have a regular forehead. I worry about extra skin. I think it's kind of like a breast implant. I guess they can get it removed if you want, but for the yeah, time but being, it won't go away. It won't go away. Exactly. You'd have to have it drained. It's freakish. Well, is that great. how they do the removal of the breast? They drain it because there's a balloon in there, right? Yeah, that's that's like in a uh, container. This is just stuff shot right into the forehead. How do you know? That maybe they put something under there. And and fill that in because what would keep it from just going all over the forehead? And then rather than having a bagel forehead, you just have a, a thicker forehead. Just like caveman, the caveman look. <laughs> they actually make the form of the bagel. I wonder if uh, Fez would ever like crave a bagel late at night. So you think that meant the Ramadan was starting to work on you? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, all right, I'm getting the things that. They yeah, say it will happen when it's in your system. And you're clearer today. Am I? Because I, I, I can't tell anymore. Okay, then that means that you're not. <laughs> I mean, I if just, you have to ask another human being, how am I behaving? Is my brain working? That, that can't be a good sign. I thought you seemed like you were involved a little bit. Um, so we've got Damian Lewis coming in a little bit. Yes, Damian Lewis. Emmy winner, Damian Lewis. Baller ass Emmy winner, Damian Lewis. When's Homeland start up this weekend? This This Sunday Sunday is the premiere. Like an idiot, I tried to watch it last Sunday. I don't know what list I've been reading. Uh, Must have been my Ramadan. Oh, good God, get off the Ramadan. You can't eat all day. And we might have little Steven later? Yeah. Talking about the young rascals, or they just call themselves the rascals? The rascals. I still prefer the original name, Young Rascals. Yeah. 
Damian Lewis on top of the world in one year. When did he do our show last? A year ago, right? One year ago, yeah. And at that point, we were trying to still explain Homeland to people. Yeah, right in the middle of the actual season. A year later... Dominates the Emmys. Yeah. That show blew the fuck up. Uh, Eric in Louisiana, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Just wanted to tell you, I read the article on that, that bagelhead thing yesterday, and they put the saline solution in with an IV. It takes a couple hours to go in. Then they actually push the hole in it with their thumb, and it goes away in 18 to 24 hours. It's a I, completely temporary thing. The difference between you and my staff is you read the article. They read the headline and start to scream. <laughs> I don't scream. Thank you very much, Eric. I don't scream. And you did see a bagel head at that restaurant. How do you know? I know. That guy probably went to some Upper East Side plastic surgeon and said, give me the saline. Give me my bagel head look. But if I was like a plastic surgeon, I'd be like, dude, I got a lot of other shit to do. I ain't fucking playing bagel. Oh, that's a bag of money. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> Exclusive bagel head procedures. Everyone's going to be doing it. Fuck Botox. I guess. I mean, I'll tell you this. At least you pay attention to a bagel head. Definitely. Let's find some bagel heads to hang out with. Do we even have a pull up or we just assume that most people don't want to have a bagel head? <laughs> I, I'm assuming most people do want a bagel head. Joey, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Yo, Ronnie B. Yeah, with that bagel head thing, it makes it kind of look like it's a button, you know, inside, you know, on the head. You know, you look, I want to push down that thing and see what happens. Like a fucking button head. Yeah. I know. I have a lot of problems with Indian people. No. I just want to see. <laughs> just if that dot works. Yeah. And sometimes I'll just write, you are here next to it. And I'll just be like, you know, I, I get fucking left hanging on a high five what's there that problem go, come on don't leave me brother now i feel like i have fucking bad luck if i don't get the high five from you and now jack bauer has his own cupcake fucking ripping off ronnie b he's the royer schaefer of the fucking the cupcake world what's jack bauer's problem which way for you not anymore? You know what I heard that Roy Schaefer said about me? What'd you hear? He said that Ron Bennington is an ill begotten son of a bitch. <sighs> That's pretty serious. And I said to him, it's on like a nineteen eighties video game. Donkey Kong? That actually makes more sense, doesn't it? If I say it that way. I guess you could say Frogger. It's on like Frogger, motherfucker. <laughs> We're running into the fucking streets. And you're the frog, and I'm like those trucks that keep coming at really weird speeds. Some fast, some slow. Um, Jeff Columbus, Sherman Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, guys. Hey, I wish I would have had one of those button head things in uh, high school, like during history class. It would have been a hell of a lot better sleeping on those than my binders. Well, first of all, I didn't have a binder, so I went straight to the desk. <laughs> I had a notebook, a spiral notebook I'd bring in with me. You what's, know, wrong, what's pussy about that? Keep them in the back next pocket. Thing you know, you're doing writing shit down, and you're fucking one of them. Where else am I going to write swastikas and fucking uh, weird shapes and shit? I just like to write on the kid's back in front of me. <laughs> Sometimes I would just simply write the who. The who. Um, this, um, now, I just got a fucking genius idea. 
Because you could sleep in school easy, right? Yeah, pass out drooling and shit, just whacked out. What about for insomnia people? We just have a fucking school desk next to the bed. You get out of bed, you fucking sit in your school desk, you play a tape of someone fucking lecturing on Mesopotamia, and you're out like fuck. That sounds awesome. Well, it's just the old school, just wooden desks, no fucking padding or anything, just to really just make it... One time I yelled at a fucking teacher for waking me up, and I yeah. go like this. I got another fucking 29 minutes before the bell goes off. Well, they're trying to teach. Let me sleep in. They're trying to get their learning. You know what's the funniest thing about sleeping in school is that you would get that red mark on your forehead. Yeah. And then you would just draw a little spit. And, like, you ever do this in the hall? Like, you're walking down the hall, you got a red mark on your forehead, you see another dude with a red mark. You're like, what's up, my brother? <laughs> fucking... There's something happening. We're in the We're same place here. right now. It's all fucking coming down. I now, don't leave me hanging, okay? Not like those Indian people. <laughs> or else it's on like asteroids. Missile the only, Yeah, the only Indians I like are fucking Apache and Comanche and Blackfoot. <laughs> <laughs> they got the casinos. Do they? Oh, yeah. Love it. I never saw an Indian dealer. He's fucking dealing in there. No, they're up top. They're fucking running the whole thing. They should have an Indian greeter at every one of those things. That made me feel a lot better. Like a Mohegan Sun. Like, oh, shit. You go in the Mohegan Sun. He's just greeting everyone. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? It's all gagging. I feel more comfortable. As I give him all my money. I don't know what Fez look up there. is like gay guys fucking doing some kind of lubrication commercial. Look yeah. at uh, look at the dudes though. Look, he's very happy about his lubrication. Why are they selling lubrication on a fucking TV commercial? Oh, catheter samples. It's disposable catheters. So they're like, here, we'll give you some catheters and some lube to get in your dick hole. Oh, fuck. Uh, I think all catheters should be disposable. No, you got to oh. reuse. Look at Mister Money Man. <laughs> Mr. Fucking Moneybags over there. He's so fucking rich. He can get up in the middle of the night and eat a package of donuts. And just fucking throw away catheters <laughs> willy-nilly. Just like, I can get a fresh catheter for my piss hole. Just willy, not nilly. I want to call it willy-nilly. I want it to be the name of the catheter. I'm going for the gag, but that's me. I'm fucking old school that way. I'll take a willy-nilly catheter. I bet you would. <laughs> I can mow. It's like they're fucking my dick. It's like your dick hole was a little vagina, thanks to Willy Nilly. <laughs> Should I be coming when you put when you're putting this catheter? <laughs> Who said dick holes were outies? With Willy Nilly, <laughs> now you can pour stuff into your dick. <laughs> that way, when you come, it can be whipped cream. You can pull out the cum when your dick's oh, fucking God. soft. <laughs> First of all, let's say this. <laughs> At no point in the middle of a commercial can you throw in fucking. Okay. This is why we can't get back to trash drill. You could pull the semen out of the penis even if it's soft. In medical terms. God, I can't stand to say anything about politics on TV. We despise them all. Romney said Jack, Nic Jack Nicholas was... Uh... I don't know, helping Romney out in Ohio, and he, and he said, Jack Nichols, greatest athlete of the 20th century. <laughs> well, to rich people, yeah. <laughs> this will be a good debate. That's their sport. 
Sam or that fucking polo captain that everybody acts like was so great. What's the deal with polo? I got odds for some reason today. Oh no. I guess that's what a fucking heart attack feels like. Oh Jesus, no. Who's our intern today? Kokomo. Vegola. Joe. What time is uh, Damien Lewis coming in? Should be about 10, 10 minutes. We should act like 15. we're Muslims and we're offended by what he's doing. All right, we could turn the lights off. Maybe get like uh, something to electrocute him with. Yeah, except for he's like, I'm an actor. Don't fucking think I could have a flashback from an acting role. No, we're going to fuck with you. You know, I left here yesterday. There was like two Iranian groups fucking arguing on the street with the cops keeping them like apart. Goddamn. It was like pro somebody, anti somebody. I fucking yell out. I go, Jesus Christ, don't you know what you all are? You might as well fucking be together because you're never going to be accepted over here. Come on. I go, look, I ain't saying me, but I know the way these other fucking Americans are. Me, I'm a whole different fucking ball of wax. You probably look at me like you would a god. So worship me. Get worship me, there. you motherfuckers. You know what? When you're praying to Mecca, how about you fucking point towards me? All right, stop walking hey. around that giant black box over in the Middle East. Remember, I, I, when you fucking pray, your Muslim prayers, you're supposed to face Mecca. I stopped me and Hicks to see some guys praying towards Mecca that uh, work on our street here, selling shit out front. Selling <laughs> fake handbags. They were fucking pointing in the wrong direction. They, uh, they were honestly pointing northeast. And I got in a big fucking debate with Hicks and them while they were praying, mm -hmm. saying, you are not facing fucking Mecca, dude. You're being a bad Muslim. Uh, you're going fucking due east that way. Yeah. And I know fucking Mecca is not north of here. Give me a fucking world map. This could be in our geography and topography. Hicks, it's always fucking a problem when, no matter where I move it, because the viewers over there have the map up already. I got to find some way of wiring that fucking thing into your map skills. I love the Google Maps. I'm bouncing around the world, seeing where everything is. It's you might fun. be able to help me with the test next week for the kids. Then I'm going to Street View. I'm like, oh, shit, that's where I live. And like, oh, wow, that's I where see I work. That some of the Street Views are starting to be underwater where you can go around reefs. I saw that. That's fucking amazing. Google. Uh, point at Mecca, please. Mecca is right there. That's that says $35,000. <laughs> That's a crazy number. <laughs> That's not where Mecca is. Mecca's right where? Mecca is here. Okay, now draw me a straight line across. Uh, Saudi Arabia? Never knew that. All right, so you're leaving here, and you're going... Go, draw me a straight line from where Mecca would be all the way across. Don't try to line it to me. You've got to do that on the screen for it to make sense. I don't know how to draw a line on here. You, do, you draw a line straight across from where Mecca is to see what American city it would correlate with. All right. And it ends up close to Jacksonville. Okay, thank you. So why are these two fucking assholes look like they're fucking facing Boston when they're praying to Mecca? Their fucking prayers are shooting off in the wrong direction. Never be heard again. Bad Muslims. Maybe we should, oh, for, for like, I don't know. I'm going to go down there. What time are they going to do it? Three and six? Yeah. I'm going to fucking go down there and just turn them while they're doing it. Don't even say a word to them. Just turn them towards Mecca. You could get them, like, compasses. I think there's a compass app. Um, Dean, you're on the run of Fez show. 
Hey, Ron. Uh, those guys are using uh, the great circles method for praying. It's, it's faster. Just like just, just, just like the airlines that don't fly from here to China, they like fly in a, uh, in a half circle. It, you know, thing. I would not even doubt it. Uh, I wouldn't even doubt it at all. Lazy. Uh, here's John. No joking. Hoboken. Ronnie B., what's up, buddy? Yeah. A little bit off topic. Any chance I saw you at the Springsteen concert Friday night in a blue sweatshirt? Zero chance. No shot. Zero fucking chance that I thought, oh, I'll go out in the rain and listen to fucking darkness on the edge of town again. You might have caught three quarters of the company there, though. All our company there. Now, I haven't said that. Little Steven's stopping in later, so I'm going to say all good things about it. But I like when they come in here, not when I have to go out to there. <laughs> come on. How many times you see them, dude? I've well, seen zero times, so I don't have much to talk about with people here. You should have went the last fucking time when we were up in our Shove. open bar, free fucking food. But you don't like to get too far away from your own Tito's. I love Tito's. It tastes good. Where's the kid with the edge? What what you do? Have him crawl his way? No crawling. Uh Daniel, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Love you, Fez. Um, you know, the Earth is a sphere, so any direction you point, really, your prayers are just going to fly off into space. What they need to do is put a satellite over Mecca so we can bounce the prayers off of it. Uh, that is an actually interesting thing, that at a certain place, unless you're saying, please, Lord, or whatever, whatever they call their God, Harry, I guess, have my prayers weighted down with gravity? Still no. Um, pretty sure uh, prayers and gravity go together. Um, but I think Muslims, if I'm not mistaken, everybody prays to the, I think it's to the east. So if you're on the other side of Mecca, like the Asia side, you'll still pray the same direction as everybody else. So it'll go all the way around the world and then back. Oh, all right. Oh, well, shit. these guys were still in a northeast fashion. They weren't even well, they Dewey's. Were still probably wrong. <laughs> I think they were just going where they had space. Direction. All right, thanks. Interesting. Now, this Damien Lewis, he pretends in his show that he's a Muslim. Yeah. I wonder if that pisses Muslims off. Uh, I'm sure. If the worst video in the world annoyed. Do you see the thing up on the iBank today with the uh, Moses kid? Yeah. It's the only school thing I ever thought was fucking funny. <laughs> I the other it. funny thing was Moses making the sign of the cross. Uh, somehow Moses, the fucking fortune teller, knew what was <laughs> going to happen thousands of years in the future. It's fucking hot in here, too, right? Yeah, I dropped it as soon as I walked into the room. It's weird. I'm just going to start fucking pouring ice water down my back like I was a marathon runner. Or if I was a marathon in the Keys. Um, Jack, you're on the Running Fez show. Hey, interesting fact about Mecca. You must walk counterclockwise around it, much like our 9-11 memorial. you got to walk counterclockwise. So what are you saying? There's a tie-in? Uh, obviously. The conspiracy people, they see these things everywhere. It's so annoying. 
the only thing that they don't see is symbolic is the English language. That <laughs> they can't seem to grasp. Everything else they can read. Say so he makes the sign of the cross there. Moses was well, well, along <laughs> old school before Jesus. That's a great bit. This guy's the man. Part of the seas. Well, I mean, they made him the man. They put him over like it was wrestling. It's not like he did it himself. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's like some sort of weird guru at this school. Maybe he really is the man. That's why I fight with Fez over who's a good wrestler. It's up to the other guy who's the good wrestler. <laughs> we can make Chris Stanley look like he never lost. Does that Fuck make him yeah. better than the guys who fucking lost? Dominating this fucking league. A lot of people wrote in to me about the fucking Gordon Sully thing yesterday, and I'm like, delete, delete. Not gonna Not gonna Do we think it's when he craves uh, sweets is when it kicks in? Is that the correlation? Yeah, I mean, if, if you got all those emails and people are all saying that it's carb thing is the craving. And, but Fez doesn't sweet. crave. I mean, even having something last night would not be the same as a craving. You know what I mean? You need to have it ever like like four times a day. Where is where you? Yeah, like, where you're like, you I, I'm fucking sitting here, and even though I finished, I'm still kind of thinking about it again. Mm. Delicious. Where's DL? Let's shoot an email out. Yeah, let me get on it. Does it seems like our team isn't together today? Like our heads aren't in it. Um, Fez is a live read uh, to do later about a listener and his son. Um, but that is the kind of stuff that you could put up on the, the unfiltered page. Can I throw a live read out? Uh, on the, uh, yeah. Unmasked, October 7th, Sunday. You have to be here by 10.30 a.m. with director... Of Bridesmaids, Arrested Development, The Office, Bored to Death, Parks and Rec, creator of Freaks and Geeks, Mr. Paul Feig. Go to the iBang.com to check out how to get tickets. That's October 7th, Sunday, 10.30 a.m. to be here by. How do you pronounce his name? Because you, you say it differently. Like I, got, I got it right now. What is it? Paul Feig. Because yesterday you're kind of fake. Yeah, um, let me check in with the radio shark and see if he's going to come. Shark, you come into this thing? Oh, you don't talk when we know who you are? Pussy. Come on, shark. You just got fucking busted, that's all. You look a bitch right now. He does. Drank some rum once with the radio shark. Probably a bad idea. Doing anything was a bad idea. <laughs> this hand me like a, like a half pint of fucking rum he had. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll take a hit off this. Next thing you know, you're shit and then puke in. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wake up in a bathtub. Do they not know where the edge is? They're getting more. Well, you gotta leave the building again? Yeah. Then why do it? But remember we had a whole big thing in here the last it's, time? It, it's gone. It, it Who disappeared. Ate it all? I, I didn't eat it all. I just take I just fucking Forget it. Bad. I would not send out. Yeah. Every time he's uh, we down a man because we're sending out. Yeah, we're okay, I think. 
right, send Watley back in. He just gets up and walks out. You don't want to come back in? I'm texting. This has become a crazy fucking crew. This has become a crew with a backwards K. Like one of those fucking nutty crews. It's kind of cool, though, you know? Yeah, it's real cool. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fucking get me wrong. It's fucking real cool. Uh, You've been following the Spain thing, and they're just fucking... They're just unfraying. Yeah, the... The whole thing is just falling apart. It's really scary. And there's a video on the iBang of just one of the re- a real serious riot that went down. Now, I said this before, and nobody would answer me. How come neither one of the candidates will say, you talk about unemployment here, it's happening in the whole world. Mm-hmm. The whole, who's in charge of the planet Earth? Because we're all intertwined now. So as broke dick as we feel like we are, Greece is worse. Spain is worse. Uh, England is fucking pissed up. They don't, Japan they don't, is in really bad shape. They don't want to say that anything's bad here. So why would they say bad anything else? I would just like to fucking get it out. No. Just say, look, to be honest here, neither one of us can do jack shit about this. <laughs> it's all fucked. Oh, we got the eye stuff? Is that what that's for? For DL. That's just going to be the new thing. Um, season two of Homeland premieres this Sunday. It's the tensest show. And I don't even know why I love it the way I do because it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy when I watch it. It's intense. Uh, Damian Lewis uh, is the man on this show. We know he's turned, and yet, and he's working with the terrorist, and yet for some reason we don't even hate him. That's how crazy the show is. Sick. This is the best show on TV, of course. Emmys. Piling Everybody. Up. Piling up. Uh, let's bring Damien Lewis. winner Damien Lewis for the Emmy Award winning Homeland. Amazing, dude. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for uh, inviting me to talk. You know, uh, last year when you were in here, you and I were trying to convince everyone that it was a good show. This year, everyone knows it. Everyone already gets it. Everyone came on board. It's amazing to see this show, which I think had to walk a really fine line to be a good show. And you guys managed to do it. I uh, yeah we were look uh, the Emmys was a was a, just a glorious weekend I, I we we weren't convinced that the Academy would be ready to jump all over us and and lick us up and down like they did they and did we're very we're very happy they did um, and especially in my category but I'm I'm over overjoyed and um, um, but uh, yeah the the show is managing that that holy grail to achieve the holy grail of yeah. keeping a a twisty plotty thriller and making everybody sweaty on a sunday night and keeping us keeping them all in, keeping it grounded in some kind of psychological and political reality i, I they're, they're pulling it off it's amazing you know i have uh, friends that are now going and back and watching on demand all the first seasons but i even think that that's different than having that week in between 
to also to keep the tension going, to wonder what exactly is happening. Because this is one of those shows that kind of stays with you week to week. And it's and it is a weird thing that we love that that tension, isn't it? That there's something in us that we love having one of those shows that, that make us feel tense. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's good drama. The suspense and the tension yeah. on the show, uh it gets the pulse racing, people mm-hmm. feel engaged, uh and um it's a kind of escapism in itself, you know, sort of a little adrenal rush like that, uh, yeah. watching something. And uh, but also, you know, it's it, it's functioning as a relationship drama, which I think has surprised people the way these, uh, as the, well. The way these characters connect to each other, yeah, and, and the way that uh, you know, there's a there's a there's a there's a damaged, uh, slightly broken love story at the yeah. center of it. But there seems to be a love story between uh, Carrie and Brody, uh, who uh, seem drawn to each other. There's a recognition, I think, in each of mm-hmm. them. Uh, uh, they both have these conditions, um, bipolar manic depression and, and post-traumatic stress disorder, and th- those conditions manifest themselves in similar ways. And these two sort of cling on to each other like like spent swimmers. And mm-hmm. um, uh, it's it, it's 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 turned out to be very compelling. Um, and for those people who don't really engage in the political aspect of the show, you know. As I overheard two two girls in the elevator only only the other day, one girl just saying talking about Brody and just saying, "I mean, imagine going out with that guy. You'd never know if he was lying." And so, you know, people just are taking from it what they want. It is true, but you know the the honest thing is, like here yesterday in New York, I live here, and there's two Iranian groups that were battling back and forth with the police in between them, and I'm like, this is what happens in homeland is always kind of in the back of the rest of our minds that there is some kind of mass paranoia whether we need that paranoia whether we indulge in it whether it becomes pornography in our life which is you know uh what you see happens with claire dane's character is what can happen when you get in too deep and you start looking for things everywhere so i think that, that the thing of uh of what could be going wrong is in the back of everybody's mind now that will never be feeling 100 percent peaceful again oh that might be true look 9-11 changed the world it was shocking and unforgivable and um we went to deal with it uh abroad mm-hmm. in places like iran afghanistan um, sorry iraq afghanistan and and um soon to be iran it looks like though uh, well, it looks like that could happen very, very it could happen if it happens tomorrow nobody's going to be shocked by it well see perhaps and season two starts uh you know with israel having having uh, make, making having made a strike on iran uh which of course is uppermost in everyone's minds mm-hmm. um although um netanyahu i think seems to have kind of lost the dialogue there with his uh, from what i was reading recently so i'm not quite sure where that's going but um obviously it's uppermost in people's minds and again the cleverness of the writing they just jump that and they just go okay let's imagine that has happened already and yeah what's the world like now um you know the the, the you were just touching on surveillance when none is really what you're talking about mm-hmm. none of us can be certain who's watching who uh who are we what identifies us 
Um, you know, we had a Labour government for a long time prior to the Conservative government that's in now, and they installed more surveillance cameras than any other time in yeah. our history. We are a watched nation back in the UK. You guys are here. Yeah. WikiLeaks just illustrates that even governments now are watched because material is available through all these new media outlets, um, new content outlets, and through through well, and through new media. So it's um, we are all being watched all the time and um and it's and it's a it's a yeah it's a, i think it's a frightening prospect and then the interesting thing is because we used to worry about big brother you know we read the, the book when we were all young but now regular people will put up videos constantly so if i'm walking down the street in new york and there's a scuffle starts to take place i look around and 15 people are pointing their phones at it can't wait to be the first person to upload it uh, even in this building, I think there's something like your phone calls aren't not you know aren't uh, personal anymore. They have to put up signs to say we have so much surveillance that you know we're all being watched. Don't think that you have a private moment. I don't know if there's such a thing as privacy anymore. You know, um, um, to some and to the younger kids, it doesn't seem to matter at all. You know, uh, I think to my generation, we're still holding on as much uh, to personal space. But I think to the young kids, they're just like, hey, if you do it, it's out there, you know? I worry, I, I, I worry on a sociological level that, uh, and psychological level that it will actually preclude the ability for intimacy anymore. Two people coming together, conversing, exchanging ideas, and the nitty-gritty of a conversation yeah. and the complexities of two people being in the same room uh, with their different uh, different energies and different views, um, different makeups, um, because people we can all we can have virtual relationships with anyone we want and yeah. we have followers now so the cult of me is the most exciting thing about me right now is how many followers are following me on various social yeah. uh you know uh, networks and um but actually i don't know any of these people i don't have to engage with any of them really certainly not more than a sentence or two so i think that's a concern just the effect it'll have on us as 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 uh, you know, dare I say it, human beings. Yeah. You know. And what an interesting place for you guys to have taken this show to. I mean, it really is as cutting edge. And I don't think that when we first started to watch the show, we thought that that was going to play a major part in it. Um, but the the fact that it is so complicated these days, that when you watch Homeland, there's normally... 11 12 layers yeah going on all the time yeah you know it's great it's great thriller writing they set you mm -hmm. know it's like you know it's kind of like you know it's like letting six dogs out of their you know traps <laughs> at, at the dog track and off they go careering off down the track and uh you know one dog is ahead and at one point and then you know he isn't depending on what story they're pursuing but uh you know they all end up back in the trap eh? mm. and and that's that's the, the the beauty of their writing that everything culminates and comes to a head at the same time which of course just creates chaos and yeah. uh, and then you have things you know writerly phrases like you know switchbacks and reversing expectations and all those kinds of things um to trick the audience but you know what's interesting about this show i think is that they um 
you know, if you were in a writing seminar, they might well say to you that a character is defined by his or her actions. Mm. So get characters doing things. And from that, their character will be defined. What they've done on this show very cleverly from the outset, certainly with these two central characters, they've given them conditions. They've given them already an extremely strong story, an extremely strong psychological condition. And everything that happens in terms of action is generated by their personality, by, by, by their conditions. And mm. so by, by definition, the story can be character driven. And I think that's what's making it so rich. It's it, it is so interesting because I had actually bet last year I go Brody's not going to make it out of the season he's going to be a one season character mm. we're going to pick up a new guy because I thought they have pushed this so fast but what I didn't realize is the next levels uh, the fact that he's going to be political uh, that that stuff is really happening and how valuable will will you know he be but that opens up a whole nother storyline is about the way we are about politicians the way we look at them and the way they uh the way we manipulate them and they manipulate us i think is fascinating um yeah i don't i don't disagree it's uh you know, it's it's long been the case here that, you know, the presidential campaign is really a sort of a personality race. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just how presentable are you and uh, how do you sound? Policy is kind of secondary. Um, and, you know, we have that creeping into our politics at home as well. Um, Brody is, um, you know, is is extremely TV camera friendly. Um, right. He has ex uh, an extremely high profile. I, I, I spoke to um, Heath Shuler, the congressman for the 11th district down in North Carolina. Um, he was an, an all-star football player, played at the Washington Redskins. When he made it clear that he wanted to get into public office, he was wooed and courted by both sides, you know, to, yes. an, to the extent that, you know, the top dogs called. Bush was on the phone at one point. Clinton was on the phone at one point. You know, because he had such face recognition. He already had such profile. They wanted him. Brody is 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 that guy. For anyone who thinks, well, it's been unrealistic, isn't it? This sort of accelerated political trajectory. It's not at all. Absolutely. They go not. after these guys ruthlessly. Uh, they're so valuable to them. And, um, you know, as long as he isn't too gaff-prone, Brody will be hugely helpful to to Vice President Walden in, yeah. in, in his, uh, you know, running for VP. Well, we had so many... Uh well, we used to have war heroes, and then, you know, like you said, athletes, uh, performers get to do walk in the uh, politics, particularly oddly on the Republican side, where if you're a Hollywood actor and you say, I want to support the Republicans, you can move in pretty fast. Schwarzenegger did it. Uh, the fact that we uh, turned around and gave Clint Eastwood 12 minutes to improvise. Uh, which is really on people will look back on that for years whether you you liked what he did or whether you didn't no one gets to walk out and do what they want at one of these conventions they're so tight and then clint eastwood because of his star power just go out and do it dude just whatever you want to do it's amazing yeah it's uh you know um well what can i say about that you know the the entertainers Artists, call them what you will, mm -hmm. or call us what you will, uh, you know, have always had a power. Mm -hmm. We've always held a power. And, uh, you know, for some, 
they haven't always got that balance right. Some are, are genuinely politically motivated. I think Clint Eastwood, Arnold Schwarzenegger, genuinely politically motivated. You know, uh, you have to choose your moments because, you know, first and foremost, uh, I, I think you want to you want to be an artist, and you you don't you, you don't want to cloud the audience's perception too much. You right. just want to allow them to take you, uh, you know, new minted, and uh, each time you step out and play another role, um, and. Uh, but you know that 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 phenomenon of of getting the help of celebrities, um, you know, in, in the UK, Tony Blair used that to great effect with New yeah. Labour, Britpop, the Britpop world. Suddenly, there were rock stars at all these conventions, and uh, you know, there were those people who who cocked a snoop at it, and all other people just said, "That's that's the modern world," and and why wouldn't you use anything, everything you can get? They, you know, they. They, we have influence for better or worse. Yeah. Well, Obama watches your show. Obama has brought up that, you know, he watches Homeland and thinks it's a good show, which I guess has got to just be mind blowing for you guys. Yeah. You know, I, you know that's, you know, that, that, that's a good fan to have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, it, and it's a huge compliment, you know, yeah. given, given what he sees day in, day out, not only as, um, not only as the president of the country, but as commander in chief, you know, he, he must know. He, he, if he thought it was silly and ridiculous, presumably he wouldn't give it the time of day. Right. So we're obviously doing something which is pretty close to the bone, which must make it uncomfortable for him to watch, given the role he's had the last Absolutely. four years in Afghanistan. Um, and uh, you know, and I think also, you know, I, I read somewhere that you know, he really enjoys the characterization. I think he finds it complex and uh, psychologically nuanced, nuanced, and that's. That's why he watches it as much as just you know for the political element. Well, there is so many reasons to watch the show. The technology is so incredibly up to date. Uh, everything that's happening in the world comes down, and we were talking about this last year. But uh, it just seems like Showtime just keeps banging these shows up now, and you guys have become a real powerhouse. And then finally, the Emmys got around and, and saw it this year so congratulations for that man thank and, you thanks uh, best of luck keeping this thing going because i know you're always working the type walking the tightrope uh, with this show so keep that going man thanks man. thanks man. and i'll see you next time through thanks, right, man. Take appreciate care. it That's uh, Damien Lewis. Damn, do we love his show. You know what's really interesting, too, with him 
is like so many actors. There are a lot of actors that you meet that aren't all that involved beyond, you know, Read reading the, the stuff and you know saying it properly. But Damien Lewis is in deep, man. Yeah, he's got this shit down. <laughs> I think they're gonna keep the show on that kind of pace. I love seeing it. I love seeing how tied in he is with it. Yeah, he wants to talk about all of it. Fucking, it's great. You know, the only one uh, I'd love to have that Claire Danes one time too, because she's she's amazing on that show. She's cool as shit. She's actually pretty great. Most of the things you you do. You ever see that thing where she she did the horse? Uh, she had some kind of, um, I don't know what you would call it. I don't want to use the word like retarded, but some kind of mental illness, like whatever Fez has. All right. What is it, the thing that you have, Fez? Autism. Yeah, you have autism. So she played like some autistic horse lady that had to be locked into this thing, but then no. she understood how to. It's an amazing movie. Temple amazing. Grandin. What? Temple Grandin? Yeah, that's the name of the character. And it's a real person. Yeah, it's wow. a phenomenal movie. So she doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I think she's just having a baby, though, right? I don't know about that. I hope that doesn't show up on Homeland. Oh my God! Well, she's been great since my so-called life, which had too short a run, in my opinion. And Shop Girl. My Shop Girl. <laughs> she's been great from the get-go. She has been. I saw her in the street one time uh, when they did. Um, like this opening for um, Shop Girl. They just had this very small opening, but like at a regular theater by my house. So I just come out of my house, and this is like, I'm not even kidding you, like 70 feet away. Steve Martin's standing there, and there's no cops or anything. Uh, I'm like, I guess this is what a soft opening, huh? <laughs> it's whatever. It's cool. They're there. Um,. Just intense as fuck. At least he didn't have a black eye this time. That's right. His kid hit him last time. So he says. I'm thinking soccer hooliganism. Well, Maybe he went to a Red Bulls game. So he doesn't have a Twitter thing. He's just at show Homeland, huh? Yeah. Now, now I'm being told he does have a Twitter. Does he? Just to get it down. What'd you get signed by in first, first season? Yeah, first season of Homeland. Complete first season on DVD. I like to give it out, but we got to make sure he's got uh, a Twitter for the first uh, responders. I have no idea. I wasn't at the producers meeting, so I would love to know... Um, whether he does or not, I couldn't find one. Is it the at underscore? It's I, I. The only I found for the show was not for the show at Lewis underscore Damien. Why don't you check that? That's it. Lewis underscore Damien. All right, we tweeted it. It's up there. Uh, we will give away the first season Homeland signed, which is best drama 
on TV right now. Would you call this a thriller? Is this a thriller? It's thrilling. It's suspense. I know, but where would this go? Would it be suspense? Dramatic thriller is what it would be. I didn't even know they had that section. Yeah, that's a section. Would it be psychological thriller? Okay, hold on. No, wait, isn't psychological thriller when somebody thinks they see the devil and they don't? Psychological thriller is more scary. I mean, while this is scary, this is more but, based on reality. Yeah, but like psychological thriller, you would almost like a slasher. Political thriller? Political intrigue, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so it's at Damien under, no, at Lewis underscore Damien. But we've got it up on the iBank. First responders, go over there. We're going to give this out. Uh, and what a collectible it is. Shit. First season of Homeland. The Emmy-winning season of Homeland, signed. By the man, Damien Lewis. we got to get these meetings down, all check in together, because if we can find it during the show, I know we can find a pre-show. I know it in our hearts. But we got to get the whole thing together. I mean, I want to get Pips on board. Pips is on board. Is he? Yes. How did he not have this thing, then? I, that seemed like to me it would have been prime pips. Uh, so we're giving that away. Big, big contest for the first responders. And the, uh, the Showtime people are great to us. They bring us all. Well, these are all my favorite shows. They're all coming back. It's great. You know, I turned down somebody from Big Brother the other day because I did not like their gameplay. <laughs> did they ever come into the building? I think uh, I didn't see them come in, no. I gotta like your gameplay. Now, Damon Lewis, I admire his gameplay. Oh, he dominated in the house. He'd be fucking with those people's heads. I'm very surprised that the Emmys recognize this show so fast. They're normally not good at that. Uh, I I was a little shocked. I thought game my Game of Thrones was gonna fucking sweep up, and then Homeland just dominates. What uh, channel is Game of Thrones on? It's uh, HBO. Hmm. I'm showtime it. <laughs> I got a lot of favorite Showtime. There's a lot of good shows on Showtime. I'm just biased. Look, you like, uh, well, what would that be? Magic fantasy? Magical fantasy? What uh, genre? I guess fantasy. It would be fantasy, yeah. Like underage fantasy? No, no, no. This is of age. There is adult Impotent. What? (laughs) Um, Everybody's cockworks watching this show. Watching? How do you know that? You're going around checking cocks? Is that cock hard? God. I mean, before I get one of those catheters, I'm just going to eat a fucking silver salad. That would just be it. No, no I mean, it's, it's not pleasant, but, you know, that's why they loop it Scale up. Scale of 1 to 10, what are the odds that you commit suicide one day? Scale 1 to 10. Mm. 5. I'll give myself a 50-50 chance. Fez? Uh, I'll say... Eight out of ten. Oh, no way. No. You fear death too no, much. No, you wouldn't do it. I, I, I picture the way you fear death. I think you're gonna be holding on to the last second. It's gonna be like you dropping down a well. No way. No way do you kill yourself. I think finally the panic and everything, uh, depression just gets to me. Nope. No. Nope. And it's and it's one bad night. I don't see it. I don't see it going on because you panic because you're afraid of death. And you're depressed because you're going to die. So, no, I don't say it. There's a wall there that won't let you kill yourself, I believe. 
Me, I don't think about it that much, so I think I would just make a rash, this reckless decision and be like, fuck, fuck it, this shit sucks! And just fucking do it like myself. Parking <laughs> I can't take it, I'm broke! Fuck! Why is everything bad happen to me? I fuck know. you! I know this happens. <laughs> I honestly know we're looking into his soul right now. Tiny things will just make <laughs> it just fucking set it off where I fucking feel like everything's gonna explode. I'm gonna try to win this uh, Homeland signed. I want it. I want that first season. Well, fucking go ahead. You, If you fucking tweet over there, I'll give you an opportunity to win. Lewis underscore Damien. Yeah. You get your chance. No way do you kill yourself, Fess. I think it's a possibility. Uh-uh. When, you're, when you say you panic, right? Uh-huh. You panic in the elevator because why? Because I think it'll fall. And then that will what? Kill me. Yes. I'll be crushed to death. You want to do anything but die. I've never seen anyone who fucking wanted to stay alive as much as you. Yeah. You, you, it's not in you to kill yourself. You may think you want to, but, you know, your nature won't let you do it. It's just, it, it, it's the, his nature is such, uh, is to survive. Never to thrive. You know, he doesn't have a draw to succeed. Um, you know, the Damian Lewis thing shows that today. But to survive, 100%. See, you never want to die. See, I think it could happen in a sense of I'm so nervous about being murdered or being killed or run over by a bus that I finally just decide to do it myself. Has that ever popped into your head before? No, they. No, it's not going no. to. Uh, underdosing. Underdosing. Um. All right. Now people are writing in. The Fez shouldn't even be joking on this when he's on new meds. Because one of the side effects is that people will kill themselves. But I don't believe that. The Remeron's taking care of everything. Yeah. That's usually a side effect of like a, uh, teens that end up on antidepressants. Well, teens are suicidal. While I'm not they are fucking suicidal. Teens are so ready to die. <laughs> I wanted to throw myself in front of a fucking uh, train car because I missed a party like a fucking idiot. Were you sober when you were done it? Yeah, I was sober. That, that was part of the that'll, anger. That'll do it to you. <laughs> I, like I should be getting fucked up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think every teen's suicidal. Some fucking girl breaks up with you. You're like, all right, well, then let me fucking shoot my face off in her front yard. Fuck then she'll her. fucking show. Then she'll feel the fucking pain of what she's caused me to do. The See what you fucking did, bitch? I'm on fire now. <laughs> First responders, uh, Damien underscore Lewis. Get that homeland I thought he hated home. Twitter. Uh, here's Dave in Fort Myers. Hey, Ronnie, when Fez kills himself, who's going to be the new third Mike? Probably Roy Schaefer right now is the way it I looks. Was, because I he's got all, he's got everything that I like. He's like the young Ron Barrington. He's got serious keyboard skills. I'll give him that. Fuck yeah. Fuck Billy Joel. That's the piano man right there. Yeah, Roy Schaefer. 
What am I talking about? He's Jerry Lee Lewis. Set that shit on fire. Who's your favorite rock and roll fucking um, uh, good piano player? I mean, this is going to take some thought. I, it's, I, two pops into my head immediately. One. JLL. Two. As you always do. Warren Zevon. Oh. But I add in not just the piano playing, but the songwriting too. Oh, I didn't ask for that, did I? I'm just saying that's why it popped in my head. But uh, Jerry Lee Lewis might be the most like, explosive and just a guy that just destroyed a fucking piano. And what about like a, like a Chuck Level, who's always been around fucking playing his ass off, just never getting the fucking same heat that your fucking people get? You know, it doesn't need to be a front man, but actually a piano player. Paige McConnell of Fish is a great piano player. Always back to Fish with you, isn't it? Not always. But he is very talented. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run of Fish show. Hey, Ronnie Fish, your lips. There's a new study out. More people are dying from suicide than auto accidents in the U.S. Nothing to joke about. Here's the weird thing. And I notice this has changed a great deal over my life. I think that there's more hangings now. More self-suicide hangings. I know there's been a few like high-profile uh, suicides in New York maybe in the last year or so, and a lot of them have been hangings, like uh, Madoff's kid hung himself. I think uh, Cop on Long Island. The Kennedy ex-wife. Yeah. A lot of people hang themselves. And you didn't used to see the hangings like that. You would see a lot more gunshots for men, uh, overdoses for women, yeah. I'd say slitting the wrist is way down on the list these days. Yeah, I don't even know the last time I heard of somebody fucking, you know, high-profile wrist. <laughs> and that was like because you can get in a bathtub, but I do think I'd like to be in a bathtub. You know what I mean? Just like nice and fucking naked. And it's always a great movie scene when someone just sits in there and just fucking lets it open. Yeah. You don't get as much in real life. No, pills are all... Any, any uh, scare is pills of, the, of you know, or, you know, fucking... Uh, all pills just means your girlfriend's mad at you. That's all that means. And then you have to go over and act like you think it's real. Like, okay, promise you won't do that again. <laughs> Even when I'm screaming at you and calling you a cunt, I still love you. You know that, baby, right? But you are kind of cunty. I mean, I'm glad that you're not dead, but let's at least admit that you get a little cunty. <laughs> right? Come on, baby. Uh, Jim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi. Uh, my two favorite keyboard players are Richard Manuel and Leon Russell. I fucking will give props to both those guys. Thank you. If we had fucking Hicks over on the other side, we'd be grabbing these one after another and jumping up on it. You know what? Don't even do that. Just get me a rope. I'm going to fucking hang myself right here. No, don't, ro- don't, don't hang yourself. That's bad. By the way, Richard Manuel hung himself. No, here's the weird thing. He, like, hung himself from, like, a fucking shower curtain rod. You know none of us would die from that. How's, how much did that man weigh? He's a tiny I man. No, man. He wasn't fucking working, walking around with any radio girth. That's for sure. <laughs> he was fucking TV then. All right, so we're deciding the hangings are way up. We'll all agree to that. Yes. But we don't know why. We don't have a theory why. Because it can't be pleasant. No. I don't even like choking. Is it maybe it's just more emotion is in this because you I mean that's a there's, horrific thing to find no, somebody. There's no emotion in the fucking bullet to the head. 
There is, but a rope or a belt is so much easier to get a hold of than a gun. There's seven fucking guns for each American. You think there's seven ropes for each American? You know more. Th- if you're in the studio, you know more than two feet from a gun. Well, that fucking uh, waste paper basket right there, and has three in there. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Up in here in the ceiling tiles, there's fucking guns. Oh, my God. That's why I, I live in no fear here, because I know anyone comes down this fucking hall, we'll fucking blast them back to hell. <laughs> That's where you belong. Uh, we're giving away that um, uh, in just a, a little bit, uh, giving away the first season of Homeland. Signed by Damian Lewis. That's it. At Lewis underscore Damian. At Lewis underscore Damian. Or you can go over the iBang uh, on a Twitter account there. And uh, we'll be all over it. Um, Isaac, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Great yeah. job. I'm surprised Hicks never uh, referenced Jack White's piano playing on his new solo album. Oh, Blunderbuss. He fucking hates Jack White. No, I do not. I don't hate Jack White. I thought you did. No, I'm a big, big fan. Mm. Who's your all-time favorite rock star today? If today. I had made you pick this second. Oh, Jack White. He, he, he's, he's today. He's the modern. And he's then you never f- go around mentioning the way he plays piano. <laughs> You're fucking going back to fish. I see him as primarily a guitar player. Yes, he can play the piano, but he is a guitar player. Come on. Anyone would say Jack White is a guitar player. I agree. He even made a guitar in that one fucking movie. It's fucking awesome. I didn't see him make a goddamn piano. <laughs> that would have been really fucking impressive. Um, James, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Uh, hey, what about uh, David Carradine? And how many are uh, from auto-erotic asphyxiation? Exfic- I can't even say it. And uh, is Brett Midland. Is he, uh, is that country or is that rock? It's country. Um, there could be quite a few of those. Yeah, those will happen. You know, you know. Yeah, I think some like uh, businessman got just did himself that way, and we, or no, it was made to look like a suicide where he did fuck up with the autoerotic asphyxiation, but it actually it was a murder. Oh, they said that's what fucking happened to the kung fu guy too. David Carradine. At one point, they were saying it was a ninja. It was like the triad. Yeah, it was a fucking ninja. Yeah, he got fucking killed by ninjas. I don't know if I. I don't know. I do know that that's not true. Why ninjas are gonna kill Carradine? Look, Kung Fu and Kung Fu Legend continues was the shit. You know me. I'm not a fucking troublemaker, but I will say to all ninjas, fuck you, and bring it. No, you won't see it coming. They're ninjas. Neither will they. I'll sneak oh, up on a fucking ninja. It's next level shit. When they're having fucking sandwiches, I'll fucking sneak right in their house. Oh, they don't even have bread over there. Well, It'll they be eat. like rice. Well, like, yeah, but what about for lunch? They'll have like a wonton. They don't have bread. Well, how they deep frying wontons in the middle of this fucking thing? They're really quiet. They'll have that fried bread for like... Oh, I guess I'll have like a pork bun. Well, I but, hope they're not using the rice cakes, because those are awful. Doug, you're on the Run Fed show. Yeah, I was always a huge uh, Rick Wakeman fan from Yes years ago. And then, of course, uh, it's very detrimental to be a uh, keyboardist for the Grateful Dead. But, you know, here's the thing, as far as Rick Wakeman. We were talking about a rock and roll piano player. 
Enric Waitman is almost like a classical fucking keyboard player. We're talking about a guy, we're not saying who has the skills to do this and that, could sit around and fucking play Bach. We're talking about a guy who just fucking plays rock and roll piano. And just crushes it. Yeah. And like, you would never think, oh, who's on that boogie piano? Oh, that's Rick Waitman from Yes. That motherfucker would come out wearing a goddamn Dungeons and Dragons get up. I'm not even kidding. I saw him dressed like a wizard one time. That's fucking pretty funny. Was It just got weird. Get to Rick Waitman fucking pictures. No, you know it coming in. <laughs> you know it coming in. Like, this motherfucker thinks he's a, widget, uh, a wizard. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. All right. Except- just like that Ian Anderson thought he was some fucking uh, middle ages thing. Oh, holy shit. That is that is fucking Renaissance Fair. And, like, dude, like, he would be playing, like, four or five different keyboards at the same oh, time. Oh, cool. Like, he, he was fucking surrounded by him and just... You know, and you're like, yeah, look at him. He's not fucking around. Those English guys honestly think they're wizards. It's the whole Tolkien thing that really had a big influence on... Well, they grew up in Wizard Town. I mean, that's where... The castles and shit. Yeah, there's castles and there was... Uh, you fucking go around, maybe in your backyard, there's all these rocks. No one know how they got there. You're like, what? Who? What manner of thing brought this? Who's <laughs> <sighs> um, Brian? Brian, you're on my face. Yeah, I was thinking best rock piano player. What about Ben Folds? You love your Ben Folds, don't you? Well, I mean, he's you know, pretty good at being a piano player. You adore him. This is something Merle could get on. Oh, he'd rock it. And fu- yeah. Like a fucking Rocket 88. Something's going wrong with our pre-show meetings, huh? Is it the drugs? No, I don't think it's the drugs. Fog of War? There is a, uh, yeah, I guess there is a fog. Talking short, like just clips. Not opening it up. Not dropping the hammer. Send me in the little intern. Kokomo, get in here. How long you had that on you? Uh, since the interview started. Why? Why wait? I didn't want to disturb you during the interview. You can. The, the, first of all, there's no such thing as disturbing me. Okay. This is your fucking home. All right. Thanks. Feel comfortable. You and you, you and Dan are like two little bunny rabbits mm-hmm. that I'm going to care for until you're ready to hop into the woods on your own. Okay. By the way, you any more interested in her? Um, not really, to be honest. Really? We'll see, though. I mean, we'll see how your plan works out but for the rest. what is the turnoff for you with her? We're just more friends than anything. But why? What kind of... Is that... She's just it, not my type. She just wasn't from the beginning, you know? I mean, she is... What is wrong with her that she's not your type? She... She... 
Uh, some of the stuff she says puts puts me off. Let's so it's the stupid things that she says. <laughs> well, I didn't say stupid, but, but what did she say? I mean, she like I hate just, blacks. Okay, well, one of the things like the other day, a commercial during one of the breaks came on for Obama. Like it was like some propaganda, uh, movie. Like oh, Obama's secret plan to destroy America. She's like, a lot of that's true, and I was just like. That's like an egregious thing to say for either side. Like that, that like to say that about anybody is you just remember, like. She's not either. I mean, she's going to be a little Republican. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, she's a nut. She is one. You know, it's just like yeah. hot. Tell she me, she busts people just and, and gets off on it. She likes getting people in trouble. She keeps so much weed from what? what? She keeps huh? it. I would. I don't know why she wouldn't. I would if I make some money right. on the side. Me too. She wouldn't know to sell weed. Never get high off your own supply. Look, I knew a motherfucker, and this is true. This is a true story. He had a fucking cop badge. Like a real one? Yeah. Oh, fuck. They stole from a cop, and he would go into fucking bathrooms at concerts. Guys were smoking weed, flashed a fucking badge, throw them against the wall, give them some shit, take their dope, and be like, I'm gonna let you go home this time, motherfucker. <laughs> Your lucky fucking day. Yeah. All that fucking shit. What a great scam. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, here's the thing. This motherfucker could end up killing you the next second. Oh. I mean, he had... And I ain't gonna say, he's someone from a famous fucking family, so I ain't gonna say who he is. Oh, boy. But I know this. I am... Well, I'll say this. When that famous family fucking shows up places, he ain't in the picture. So I don't know what happened there. Okay. A little estranged, or just, it's just, who knows? I have no idea. I ain't about to ask. <laughs> I don't even want to fucking... I'd put that fucker to have me show up on his radar at all. I'd rather fight three fucking ninjas. <laughs> Those ninjas are quick. I know he was fucking drinking with some fucking dudes that were buddies of his. One of them just feels a fucking brick against the head. He fucking smashes him in the head with a brick. Why? What? What's the point? I couldn't tell you. What? What fucking makes a motherfucker hit another guy in the head with a brick? I don't you know. tell me. I don't know. And now you want me fucking dropping names? No. Not going to do it. Lock me up. I'd rather do that. <laughs> I'll do my fucking time peacefully. It's just like that do scene it made safe, made safer. It is. There's some fucking guys. This is like when you get um, people that won't uh, joke about blood-sucking Muslims. Yeah. That, you know, believe in a fucking fairy tale and kill people. You can't blame them for wanting that fucking angle. They're like, hey, I ain't going to do it. I don't want fucking anyone blowing up my house. <sighs> She's, uh, Dana's on this thing right now. It's, uh, it's like a young Republicans thing. They're called Light a Fart for Mitt. And she will get out, <laughs> light a fart. And every time she does one, she wants you to vote for Mitt Romney. That's crude. Actually, I, can't believe I she's think doing that, that might work. You are my Actually. rock and roll guy right now. Okay. Give me the rock and roll piano player. Uh, I'm going to go with John Paul Jones, actually. And in addition to him being. Just please, let's just stop. Yeah, it. seriously. Okay. I mean, that's why Paige recruited him for Zeppelin. Seriously. What do we look like? Does this look like Houses of the Holy? No. I brought up rock and roll to you. Not fucking Norwegian fucking Viking rock. Right. Lord of the Rings <laughs> fucking soundtrack. I come from the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> I, I do like them when they, when they play blues here. When they rip mm -hmm. off the blues. I don't like them when they fucking... 
Well, he could ramble on. He mentions Sauron or Gollum or some shit. Of yeah, he does. Mordor. Yeah, Mordor. Mordor. The, the dark land of Mordor. That's where Frodo had to go to drop the One Ring into the. Oh, really? How come you know so much about it? I read the shit out of those books, watched the movies <laughs> last week. <laughs> Every night he reads himself that to sleep like that. Oh, Frodo! I hope you get there this time. Uh, first responders, your chance to win first season. Uh, all locked up. Homeland, signed by the star, Emmy award-winning star, and overall, can we agree, fucking bright guy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I'm gonna say. Sharp. I mean, you talk about one percent. That's actors. That one percent of them get it. Was- Writers and directors are generally pretty bright guys. The actors, though, you know, they, some, they'll come in and just they just know the stage, read the script, and then, you know it's, it was just a role. But this guy really gives a shit. It's great. And that's at, at under at Lewis underscore Damien, Lewis underscore Damien on Twitter. There's some fucking guy. He came in and did a show. I'm not. Gonna, I don't know what it was. Sometime we were on Sirius, and Hicks knows who I'm talking about. He's just got a show on TV right now. He's as dumb as fucking bricks, and he's been a star for a long, long time. Yeah, and that was one of the dumbest men I've ever met. It was it was weird. I felt like I was talking to a suit, <laughs> literally like a fucking taking a suit off the rack. Like, hey, suit, what's up? I just wanted to fucking yell out, "Think, fill the de- dead air, let's go." Yeah. I don't think he was interested in that. No. Uh, you've got some albums. See if you can sell them to the kids. This is uh, press play. And sit your ass down. Because you don't come from an album background. You come from a download world. Yeah, my generation download iTunes. See, that's a problem. Is it? Or is that just, you know, that's his thing. He likes his songs the same way Simon Cowell does, one hit at a time. <laughs> no, you have to you have to have an album, and at least a few albums, that you can sit all the way through. You just put it on. Listen to the way through, and you're like, at the end, you're like, wow, that was great. That Do you feel good. like you're the last of that thing that appreciates albums? Like, you listen to the albums in college with your friends. Oh, yeah. Would you guys ever just put on an album and get high and yeah. just listen to the album? Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. One of those albums is on here. That's Oh, really? Rain Dogs by Tom Waits. I'm very surprised with this one for you. This is what, this is what introduced me to Tom Waits. Someone put on Rain Dogs, and it's such a... It's almost indefinable on how to give it a genre because he's all over the place. It's like there's like polka, there's like weird fucking circus music. It's on insane. It. It's he wrote it like in in a fucking basement apartment on the, in the downtown in eighties, and it's my it's my favorite without a doubt Tom Waits album. I love it so much. Now, do you think it's your favorite because you got introduced to him there? It might that can happen a lot of times. It might be because I've gone back. I've listened to stuff after it. I think the last album he just put out is fucking amazing. Uh, his first album is awesome. But Rain Dogs is where he got really fucking weird. And he got really nuts. And it was after when he was just a crooner back in the day. And you can listen to this whole album. It's There's Spoken Word. There's like There's traditional rock songs in it. And his his voice really came in. I climb to the window and down to the street. I'm shining like a new dawn. The downtown trends of food. 
People shit on his voice. I don't know how someone could shit on a voice that is. I the PP. I know people are like I can't get into it. The voice is too weird. It's so unique. It's so different than anything else out there. The songs are brilliant. The way he makes the record is brilliant. Keith Richards is on this record. There's no synthesizers. It's all his weirdness. He was recording in bathrooms just to get the right sounds. And this is a New York album also. I know your window, and I know it's late. I know your stairs and your door. Now he's a California guy again. Yeah. Uh, up on uh, this week's Press Play and Set Your Ass Down uh, is an album that I think most people would put as one of the greatest albums of all time. And you never listen to just a single song on this and you would never I don't even think think to yourself oh I'm gonna put on Van Morrison I'll put something on from this it's the whole ex whole entire album and that's Astro Weeks um, which <sighs> this is another album I listen to constantly in college it's just beautiful from this first song Astro Weeks yeah it just grabs you and then the gorgeous. whole and the whole thing too of um, the way that they put it together, the way those Irishmen, just a bunch of Irish dudes over there that weren't really all that familiar with him and played jazz and stuff. Amazing. It's a great story. This is another one of your college albums, huh? Yeah, definitely. This this was something that put on and just enjoy yourself. Or, or drive around, smoke weed, put this on, listen to it. Just drive around, look at the rich people's fucking mansions in Westchester. Why not? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna live there. <laughs> no, you're not. You're gonna drive around, smoke weed. From the side of the ocean. Yeah, Astral Weeks is a is a gimme. It's a masterpiece. I love it. Uh, the next is a masterpiece of your generation, Hicks. That may be your favorite album of all time when it comes up. It's one that shortlist. It's a shortlist. It'll always be there. It's only there's. It's only one of two albums I ever made. It's Neutral Milk Hotels came, uh, it, uh, in the airplane over the sea. Their first album on Avery Island didn't really do much. It was it was an okay album. But when this came out in '98, it's still selling today. Same it, pace as it always it, has. Same pace for yeah. it came out. It's for you know 14 years. This got Jeff Mangum, the guy behind Neutral Milk Hotel, the front man. Well, is that really 14 years? It's 14 years since this came out. The weird thing is it still sounds like new music. You know what I mean? Like They, they call it like lo-fi or whatever. Yeah, but do you ever know like, if you were to do an independent film that all the fucking music in it would be based on this sound? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. 14 years after the fact, that's a long time um, to still be considered outside mainstream. And I still remember the first time I heard the first the track one King of Carol Flowers Part 1 and I was like wait wh what is this I need to listen to more of it
hasn't made an album since I don't, he doesn't have to make an album after this in my opinion the, just the arrangements of this fucking song of every goddamn song on this album is beautiful right, it's, a geni- it's a genius fucking album alright so you came up with an interesting thing though would you rather have one genius work of art and then never really be able to come close to that again or a good career that lasted a long time Give me the, that one fucking burst. Uh, give me the Jeff Mangum thing. He has the masterpiece. He has the thing that he will remember for forever. This album will be looked at forever. But see, that's the thing. Maybe why he doesn't put out other stuff is because people will still bring this up. And he's almost carrying it around like uh, like, a, like something that has to, that can never be fucking topped. It's weird. Well, yeah, after this album came out, the band broke up like six months later because he had a nervous breakdown. That's the story. That's the rumor or whatever. And you know, he then he went became a recluse for fifteen years until last year he came back out and started performing again in small theaters. Like Have a you festival. Seen him? No, it's too expensive. I I would love to. I wanted to so badly, but it's like two fifty a ticket. I can't do it. I just want to something. On, I'm just going to put it under Christmas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So you love your neutral milk hotel. Jeff, uh, what about you? You get one chance to have a genius piece of work or a long career that you get to write good things and perform good things. And people like you. You're not, no one ever is going to say, oh, he's a genius. But they're really, like, he's really good. Uh, well, the purist in me would like want that one album. But I think the long career, just because. I like to be relevant, I guess. I would like it, and I also would like to make money a lot. But you use the word relevant. I don't know if you're ever really relevant. You know, relevant only means this. When you hear people use the word relevant, it's fucking normally ridiculous. Relevant to a fucking society, and that one genius piece of work. That's time. That can become timeless. Yeah, Yeah, it will be timeless. I'm guaranteeing you the timeless piece of work. Because I'm going to give you this. How many, if I asked you to name how many great pieces that uh, Da Vinci's done, you're not going to get that far before it's done. But Mm -hmm. he's probably the most famous or one of the top three most famous people that's ever lived in in the world of art. But you're not like, well, you know what the fucking thing was? That guy could always paint something. You know what I mean? (laughs) He turned him out. He always got it done. He always delivered. So your thing is money. Yep. Now, but here's the point. Would you sell out for money over genius? No, I wouldn't. I don't think I... Well, but I'm telling you, you're not going to write genius stuff. You're yeah. going to write good stuff that people will like and enjoy, yeah. and you'll have a career. But no one will ever say, that's genius work. Yeah, then... 
I mean, I would. I guess I would want that one album that was. No, no you're switching. No, you're going relevant, but Mid also money. Scrap. <laughs> but also, money assures <laughs> security. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. So what? You're gonna have security. Why don't you fucking sell insurance? A lot of those people have security. I mean, seriously, why don't you stay out of the arts if you're looking for security? Because insurance is boring. One. So is your fucking career. Yeah. Have a lot of good <laughs> professional <laughs> work. Congratulations. You've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> there was the road, Kokomo. <laughs> Pun them out. I have no opinion on this at all. <laughs> all right. The uh, other one uh, that's up there this week. And it is brilliant, is uh, Lauren Nero, um, who just went in last year to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, but you, you look at this and you say to yourself, if ever I wanted a New York Jewish lesbian woman, it would be Lauren Nero. And you would say to yourself, that would be the perfect lesbian to break your heart and say, I can't be with you. And you're like, I don't care, Lauren. Come on, be with me. Give it to me. That's, be that's beautiful stuff. Of course, Force. fucking, you know, Coke will never write anything this good, but he'll have his slow and steady nice, work. safe career. Slow and steady. That's the way I'll see you guys it. in 50 years. Yeah. We'll see. But there's a, here's an interesting thing. There's... Laura Nero probably never made it with the masses, you know what I mean? And yet there are people here 40-some years later who get up thinking about her and her music every single day. Yeah, and love it. And we'll never forget it, you know? But this fucking Mariah Carey motherfucker <laughs> over here just wants to put on Bob Mackie dresses. Mariah Carey had the most number one hits ever. <laughs> that's, uh, and what does that mean, though, to you? Not, well, nothing to me. I'm not a Mariah Carey But fan. that's what I'm trying to say. Like, she... She did that pop thing that kind of fits in the middle mm -hmm. and will get you that substantial thing. But I don't think anyone's ever going to look back and say I was a genius. No, no, of course. no I would hope yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Shit. No, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, I love the way she dresses or she's fucking dating a black guy now or whatever the fuck. That, that, that gossip shit that people love. But I don't know whether they focus on her music. She's never been known for songwriting or anything. She's been known for, I guess, having the voice... But what she did with the voice was, you know, fucking pop music. That's all we're going to get out of this motherfucker. <sighs> Some poppets. Old Billboard Coke. <laughs> Has ring to it. Ring to it. Thornton. Sean Thornton. We're actually going to talk about uh, some genius a little later on um, when little Steven steps by. He uh, does a show here on Sirius XM, but you may know him from a band that he's part of called the E Street Band. Oh. They seem hmm. to be pretty popular. Um, but what I love that he's doing right now is this show for the Rascals, which 
I can honestly tell you I've read this stuff and I don't know exactly what they're doing. But this was a 60s kind of garage band that went... It's like as the 60s went along, they got a little more hippie-ish. Hip, they hippied it up a little bit. And then times. they, you know, broke up. But one of those bands that never really got back together, I, I, they did something with uh, Little Steven downtown a couple years ago. But they never really went out on tour. And the thing that he's doing with them, it's like they're going to be performing on stage, but it's also like Jersey Boys at the same time. What? <laughs> it's going to be like a multimedia show... There's going to be them telling stories, singing songs, and there's going to be actors. I don't. There's going to be a light show. Um, Sounds pretty fucking cool. It does sound cool. That's more than a show. Like if you're going to like to go to a concert, or whatever, that's that's something really. I would, I'd call it show motion. Fez, you're awful quiet today. Is it the fog? Yeah, that's the that's the fog. What are we gonna do with you, dude? Um. Eventually, the fog's gonna settle in. The clouds gonna clear. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a sunny day here, once this is in my system. So we'll just wait for it, if you don't mind, because it, it's coming. I can I can I know it's gonna work. All right, up dosage or something. Yes, up dosage. Just up it. All right, people writing in, can we use on the press plays, um, can we use greatest hits? Mm. And can we use live albums? Uh, I think greatest hits doesn't count. I, I would say greatest hits shouldn't count. Yeah, me too. Oh, thanks, Kokomo. You're welcome. All right, here we go over here. And this is Teal. Jeff Mangum had a nervous breakdown because it was a masterpiece. He felt as if he had made the perfect album to give to the world. And then he looked at everyone knew, that he knew, and it hadn't changed anything. Their lives were still the same, and they were still miserable. Oh, man. It's maybe the saddest thing I've ever read. That's fucking rough. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to book him a couple of times. <laughs> because when I, I heard he... Uh, was making appearances again or just popping up at shows, going through other guys that were in Neutral Milk Hotel with him, but no dice ever. Uh, now this just got wrote in. What if it's a carefully collected greatest hits like Garfunkel's that you were just bragging about the other day? Well, I will say this about Garfunkel's. You could say that his was a retrospective, Rather than a greatest hits, he went through and picked mm -hmm. everyone himself. That he wanted to get a certain sound for his voice to show off. There's a lot of these greatest hits albums will just be like, let's turn, come on, let's get it out there. Come on, these are all the, everything people's like. These are all the best hits. Let's come on, they'll love it. Well, I mean, that says greatest hits, not your favorite songs that people didn't like. Let's start a new genre favorite songs albums. Like, would you put songs in the attic in there that Billy Joel did that he liked and other people didn't really know? And then he had a pajama top on and a flashlight. That counts. Would you put a live album? Because uh, I, I will tell you this. I, I, I think Get Your Yaya's Out is fucking 
One of my favorite things to listen to by the Stones. Mm. A live album has a better chance of making it in than the greatest hits. Yeah. I agree. When did you become seriously? What? When did you become this fucking fluff boy? We're on the Keeping same his dick page hard right now. Time. I don't need no fluffer. This dick stays hard. <laughs> now, this is what's fucking driving me crazy. Uh-huh. Hicks has got you. Fucking Fez has Pips. Um, Mitt Romney has Dana. <laughs> I don't have fucking anybody right now. Let's do it. The only two people who fucking stand on their own out there, give their own opinions... It's me and Roy Schaefer, the man who calls himself the new Ron Bennington, who's, in my opinion, destroying. I think he's good on the sports show, but he's destroying the Watchers. He's the fourth man on the Watchers. I've got an idea for the Watchers, the new Watchers. All right. Me? Yeah. You, obviously, because you watch shit. (laughs) Dave, Martin Scorsese. Wow. Because that fucker, uh, he makes films. He also knows films. He talks it. That sounds like it's a good. hell of a fucking lineup. It's I like heavy, it. Heavy lineup. But yeah. I know for a fact that Scorsese will not work with Roy Schaefer. Bye, Roy. Because somebody told Roy that Scorsese was a greasy grease ball. What? That's wow. oh. racist. Yeah. <sighs> fucking racist. I don't fucking stand for that shit. It's racial. And it's racism. Whitey can be hurt by racism, too. That's what people don't understand sometimes. But <laughs> It's there. It's the thing. I get so teased about my pure white skin. <laughs> Look how clear it is. God, I hate it. I would go home crying because I was called cracker. <sighs> you were bullied. Or honky because of the honking way that I talked. Unbelievable. Listen, we don't honk. And I was called folk rock lover. Well, you go home and listen to your folk rock, your folk rock lover. Like that acoustic <laughs> fucking guitar. I gotta get Fez out of the fucking fog. He's just lost. He's lost in Naples. It's a little bit light or something. The whole fucking point of this thing is they were supposed to fix him before they sent him back. Then the insurance, we find out, is the fucking cause of this. And yet, I know that he called me days before the insurance and told me he was ready to get out. Oh, man, this he is, left me this a is thing. getting I, weird. I might even stop it in my f- phone. Where Feeling really good, Ron. <laughs> this has become more like Shutter Island than I ever thought it would. Yeah. Whoa. Which was made by Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. Which I could bring him in God, to on, the new Watchers. Let's do the new awesome. Watchers. That's if we even want to use Dave or not. I don't know. <laughs> Seems like him and Roy Schaefer are the best friends. I think Dave likes Scorsese better. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb. A lot of times when you, you're doing that show, do you guys always like look at each other going, man, this would be perfect if it was Ryan and was here too. We want you to come on the you show didn't say badly. That, though. You never, yeah. I just asked them my fucking thing. Like, do you ever say that to each other? We say, why isn't Ron here? You've never said it. Um, I'm looking up on our thing. Um, Mikey Boy is putting up 
videos of himself when he did the Orioles commercial. But he's put... Huh? This is getting weird now. It's up on... Because you fucking guys won't go to our message board I checked during it, the week. I checked it out. I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I didn't, know, I, I didn't see the news post where I actually posted the fucking video. Oh, yeah. I'm there. It's really him. He looks like he's eight. I think it's photoshopped. Mikey boy, if you go by this picture, I guarantee you he didn't get laid until he was an adult. <laughs> Look what it is. This is my best friend in the whole world, Hard Rock Johnny. I was just looking at that video. It's so weird. All of a sudden, in the middle of me trying to be a nice football guy, there's baseball commercials. Well, I only went there to post something about myself that I that <laughs> the the Killer Bees defense has never given up 100 points at any single point. That's strong. which uh, That's got to be... That's pretty good. Yeah, that's got to be a record for our league. That so, you hold everybody... One week, someone's bound to blow, but you're fucking keeping it down. Johnny, his average without playing me is 130 points. When he played me, he got 58 points. Yeah, it's tough defense I had to play against. It's, it's a tough. very difficult defense. I'm locked in on uh, Kathleen from the Bronx. Uh, two-time champion. That's huge. Whoa. And I know how I'm going to go after and I know it's going to work. How's that? Tit-tackling. I mean, just <laughs> go right after her strength. Tit-tactics. I like it. Yeah. Who are you playing this week, Coke? Uh, Blowhard. Fucking oh. please keep him defeated. Please. I will walk yes. down. I would, I seriously, I much more want you to win than me to win. All right. That's the fucking... I will. Also, I think everyone will need to approve the trade me and Blowhard made, so I get those players in as possible. <laughs> I want to know yeah. if they to approve it. I believe Where's so, yeah. I think, I think it has to be approved by the rest of the league. I don't see that on here. Where is it? Oh, then. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, here it is. Vote. Let's see, Ronnie. Let's vote on here. <laughs> yeah, vote. <laughs> vote? No. Why? For Des Bryant and Rashad Mendenhall. That sounds lopsided. Why does it sound lopsided? Mendenhall's a bum leg. And Des Bryant's worse than Jordy Nelson. He has Tony Romo throwing to him. This is true. Exactly. I'm making the points here. So you going against yourself? <laughs> I'm in the shitter. I'm 0-3. I need to make some sort of moves. And this is the move I decided to make. So the two 0-3 teams are trading amongst themselves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's see if we can make our teams worse. The hell? All right, by the way, Frankie writes this. I see Pepper is playing his Suck Up to Ronnie's Balls playlist. What the fuck are you talking about? I bet about? he goes home and listens to shitty emo music and cuts himself. Yes, look, I'm a cutter. Look, oh, look so at my it's inner funny thigh. the yeah. adjective that he knows besides Fox is beautiful. That guy's beautiful. For or being does a he cock. <laughs> By the way, I'm having trouble finding my team on the board because I keep forgetting that I changed my name to the chocolate donut. <laughs> um, You're a mess. Someone uh, is writing in that I'm lower than everybody else and need to be turned up. You're but almost all the way up. I know, it's tough to even know modulation in this fucking place. <coughs> I thought you sounded like a million bucks. I've been listening since the beginning of the day. Oh, that's good, buddy. You and but, your 34 million listeners uh, as of yesterday. Thirty-four, around thirty-four million. Around there, that Ballpark. was a really good. That was a great interview yesterday with them. Uh, first of all, Johnny, I don't know whether you heard me talk about it when the Cal Burnett crew came in here. Yeah, it was great. It was like relatives. They were like, you, you didn't have the slightest nervous feeling. It felt like you had driven 
to Davenport, and these people that you know your parents are closer to than you are were being very nice to you. They were you awesome. Know, they seemed very genuine and just like cool, chilling out, doing their interview. It was really, really nice. Um, Tim Conway is the oldest infant I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he is honestly like a baby. He has the demeanor of a baby. When you were talking about him and and Bob Newhart doing something together, I was yeah. like, that would be the you're right, the longest comedy skit ever to get to a payoff. I uh, well, I never had a chance to, uh, and he was doing like a lot of sight gigs <laughs> to try to fuck us up, grabbing the waters and shit. just looking over him when the other person's <laughs> talking. Like that doesn't make any sense, you know what I mean? <laughs> just like constantly. Uh. That's oh, what the show was like, though, right? When when you, that's one of my favorite things about watching that show is just watching, you know, Corman try to keep a straight face while he's working with him because you know he's trying to do everything he can to to make you know someone break while they're doing the show. It was tremendous. Um, Hard Rock Johnny, I've got a uh, a person from your past that is going to say hello, and then you have to uh, guess who they are. Like uh, like uh, what's my line? So okay. you ask a question, and our mystery guest will answer. All right, so it's a person from my past. Yeah. Uh, are you? Is it a male or a female? <laughs> I can I can tell by the laugh already. I think I have an idea. Who is it? Is it? Let me guess. I'm guessing it's a person who knows how to play the guitar. Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> are you? Is the person in a, a band? Yes. Is it a very famous band? No. Ooh. Why, who were you thinking, Johnny? I thought it was one of your guests that you said was coming up. It would be a good one. Oh, well, no, no. I would not surprise you with somebody <laughs> I already announced. It's not little Steven. I thought it was going to be the easiest <laughs> surprise ever. That's the easiest guess ever. I give up. I'm not good at this game, apparently. It's wiki. Thanks for No. Oh, he is in a famous band. <laughs> Johnny. Why didn't I... I should ask, are you a wedding planner? Oh. Uh, because of what happened in the big wedding. That's, that's oh. all. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah, about that. Dave's yeah. wedding. Oh, yeah, man. thanks. My Lord. I, I'm, a, I'm more excited that it's Don Wickle and little Steven. Oh, well, we're calling him Little Donnie now. <laughs> what are you doing up here in the big town? Came up to see you two. Oh, why don't you tell the truth? Please. Mm. He means the band, you two. Not oh. oh. <laughs> I had meetings today. That's all. You fired again? Not this week. Okay, good. So far. Well, you still work there, Don? Oh, enough. Goodbye. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> now he's mad. Now, now oh. you just ruined everything. No, I just I haven't heard from Don. I mean, I thought it was just the burgeoning rock and roll career that I always that I follow on my Facebook. I guess there's more to them, him than just rock and roll and a pretty face. You know, here's the thing: we only know that Johnny is more and more insulting. Oh, yeah. His stomach got taken out. He's lost 160 pounds. I follow him since, on Facebook since I you've know. seen him. And because of that, he's become an obnoxious creep. Yeah, and he's just <laughs> seriously he's misusing women and attacking men. Uh -huh. And the worst thing, doing fat jokes to people. <laughs> like, here's the thing. He acts like other people have no self-control. Like, go get another donut. I'm like, you had to have your stomach cut out so you wouldn't need a donut. Last Sunday, I got called chubby on the message board. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you know, the, the last... 
when you guys were doing, I want to do a quick callback. You guys were doing that the, when when Pepper was going over the apps, and you have the Akinator app that asks you ask the questions and it guesses people. Yeah. Well, both you and Fez are on that app, and the only way to get to Fezzy is they ask, "Is this person overweight?" And if you say no, it takes like ten more guesses to get to Fez. But if you say yes, it immediately guesses Fez. And well, I'm not take even the lying. time for the ten more <laughs> questions. <laughs> take a I'm moment. A, this is true for Ronnie. It just asks if the person is chubby. Well, either way, it's not the fucking happiest thing that you could ever hear. No, this isn't good news. You're spreading. What are you sitting around trying to guess your friends on one of these things anyway? Hey, uh, Fez, you've lost a lot with your new pill intake, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Peace. Maybe I should start taking some pills. There goes Wiki. Gone already? Yeah. You heard his feelings. Who's with him? Not sure. I had no idea whose face that was. And stuck it in the window. I, I wasn't no sure. <laughs> it was, I saw someone on the other side peeking in, but I wasn't sure who it was. And then I was like, I closed her. I like Rob Cross a hundred times better than him. Oh, so much more. <laughs> Seriously. Because Rob never, you never run into nervous Rob Cross. Like, sometimes Rob will be like, you have to do this. Like, it, before he made us redo something, because Fez fucked it up yesterday. And I was pissed about it. I guess he missed a word or whatever. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, that's, what, that's what Rob told me. And, you know, I mean, that's just unprofessionalism. But, you know, he's going to make us redo it. But Wiki would have cried over that. And Wiki, where did he left already? I can't yeah, he's gone. Maybe he's performing in the fishbowl today. I don't know what he's doing. You've seen his band, though? Never seen them live. I've seen some videos. They're really good. I mean, it's definitely... Uh... That's his real thing now. That's what he wants to do, it seems, more than anything. Yeah? Does, does he work up... Where does he work? In D.C. still? Yeah. I didn't know there was stuff down there. I haven't been there in forever. And we were always like, well, as soon as there's something down there, we'll go and do an unmasked or something, and there hasn't been one performer to go for. No, yeah, it's weird. I thought they just moved everything up there, up by you. No, there's, there's that place in DC is gigantic. There's, they couldn't move it all into this building. I think all the uh, servers for uh, a bunch of the servers are still down there. Uh, HQ. I'd always get freaked out when I walk by that room where there's the extra air conditioner up by you guys. Why? What the hell is that? I don't know. I don't know what the hell it is. It looks creepy in there. Servers. No one's gonna hurt you, Johnny. <laughs> I wouldn't allow that to happen. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I definitely. It's definitely. just a big air conditioned room. That's all. It's not to be weirded out. It's hot. I don't out. know. The guy got an extra that, air conditioner. And then there's the guys over there with the extra, with the computers tracking the satellites. I don't know what the hell they're doing in there. Tracking either. satellites. What do you want? Fucking satellites falling out of the sky? <laughs> Come on, they're keeping it in no. orbit. It's like a gravity machine in there. Really? Yeah. So if I put, there's a big plug on the wall that says "Don't unplug." If I unplug that, will the will the satellites fall? No, we'll float up into where the satellites are. Don't tell Fez that. He won't come in the building. Scary. Scary place you guys work in. I'm reading this book on gravity. It's impossible to put it down. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. How long ago did you write that? Oh, wow. And you're just waiting for the exact (laughs) moment to put somebody to say gravity. Fucking great. (laughs) That's a great joke. You want to hear another one? Yeah. 
Okay, goes. I'm gonna start my own DiGiorno delivery service. I'm gonna call it Joe's DiGiorno delivery. And then, like, when I'll bring it to the house, and they'll be like, this isn't even cooked. And I'll be like, well, it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Only in this case, it's delivered. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking set is ready. You think you got half an hour? Strong. No, I mean, I tried doing it on Tuesday. I went to UCB East uh, to do open mic. You crushed? No, uh, you throw your name into a bucket. They pull out 13 names out randomly, and my name wasn't pulled. Go over this place in Long Island where fucking Long oh, Island City. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's it called? It's like the devil or the creek in the cave, maybe? Yeah, the creek, the creek, creek in the cave. Yeah. It's right next to the train. It's real quick from here. Okay. Fuck UCB and their bullshit. Yeah. How much time do you think you got? Uh, Solid material? Yeah. Five minutes. Because uh, all you, the other jokes I have are just like, I got work through or are just mediocre. Do you, so gravity is your big bit? No, my big bit is I used to be a social worker, but then I got fired for talking too much. I like that one. Wow. Not as good as the gravity bit, dude. No. The gr I wish you would put all your material around gravity. I mean, that was <laughs> like the, the gravitational stand-up. <laughs> the gravitational pull. <laughs> you need someone in the audience to start yelling out gravity stuff first, though. Did you get university gigs? Oh, that'd be cool. Then if there's a really fat guy in the audience, I'll just be like... Hey man, you got a lot of gravity because you're huge. That you know, uh, I'll work you it out when it yeah, comes out. Yeah, don't work the crowd yet. You're not yeah. ready. But oddly, all comedians do university gigs. <laughs> Colleges will always fucking pay money. Oh man, did you hear? There's a comedian coming to the student center tonight. Let's go. I saw Carrot Top when I was in college at my heat. That's who they had. Did you bother hackling or just let them? No, I was fat then. I didn't bother anybody. Did you point. yell out, what else is in that fucking box? What's in your trunk? What's in the trunk? That's in an Eddie trunk popped up. And said, wait oh, a minute. That would have been I fucking great. Um, Eddie trunk. All right, we've got a uh, winner. Let's give it out to David <laughs> at the BMD1. David wins. Hell of a prize. Homeland! Woo! Signed by nice. Damian Lewis. Awesome. Um, got a break here. Johnny, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Hi, boys. See ya. No one seems to be impressed that I can keep everybody else down. Even if I don't score, it's still a defensive struggle. You, uh, you could probably count on one fucking hand the number of times that guys have scored less than 100 against you. And I got a three weeks in a row. That's my championship mm -hmm. shit caliber shit right there. That's how you end up off. winning. That's how you end up winning. Although last week, my offense blew. If my offense, if any one player would have had a decent week, I'm 3-0. and <laughs> You're really, like on a week-to-week -week basis, you have one guy blow up. Just one. Now, mm -hmm. the 12 or so that's on your roster, that's like 90% of winning the goddamn thing. The yeah. game that week. Yeah. Whereas my guys are just fucking mediocre dicks. <laughs> I just want to fuck voted themselves. The, um, trade. Why? I think you're making a mistake, dude. Listen, I'm ready to dump Nelson. I'm ready to make drastic fucking nuts moves. I fucking bench Stafford. Hell, I'll put Stafford up to trade if anybody wants him, which I doubt it. Yeah, and you I'm should doubt it. I'm fucking starting the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. He's going to fucking laser beam this shit. I think <laughs> the Packers are going to have a big fucking week offensively. They're playing against... It's the first time they're playing against a shitty defense. I know. Saints. I know. But I'm, I'm right. Well, that's why I, I, I'm look. I'm looking to get rid of Nelson. I'm looking to get rid of him. I'm looking to make moves because I need to win this week. I need to fucking get up in Mikey Boy's shit. 
Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was saying, uh, I mean, HTG was saying, I don't think I'm going to fucking play Aaron Rodgers. I go, then trade him. That's, don't that's bench him, trade yeah. him, because everybody in the league, I go, mention any two players in our league, and I think you can still get it for Aaron Rodgers. I know he got off to a slow start. I'll throw up Stafford straight up for Rodgers. How about that? Why don't you trade her something besides, <laughs> seriously, besides quarterbacks? Come at her with no, that running trade. Running back action. I think I got Stephen Ridley on the bench. I got Stephen Ridley on my fucking team, oh, you fucking idiot. I'm you don't even know birds. who you got. Uh, Joker, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ronnie. I just wanted to let old Kokomo know I had plenty of gravity. He could come on over here, circle around my anus, and fall into a black hole. Really, so, this is like really sick, funny. Dude. If you're fucking asshole, I spaced black, out when he was telling that joke. Fucking, that's good. Yeah. I might even have you do your full five minutes. Hey, uh, what are you going to yeah. wear on stage? You're going to start thinking about your look. Uh, well, I was thinking about bringing a watermelon and a mallet and then just leaving it there on stage. I know you're fucking joking. Yeah, I'm never kidding. doing anything. No, I, I was probably just going to wear like a shirt, you know, and like some pants. People always you know? respect the guy in the jacket. Know that. Okay. They respect the man in the jacket. Okay. Or hockey jersey. Oh, hockey with the jersey. Jacket. Yeah, they fucking. Yeah. Um, sure. If it looks like you're out there and you're a fucking hockey player, they're going to respect you. Okay. What hockey jerseys do you have? Uh, just the Minnesota Wild one. You should get an old North Stars and let, you know, on yeah. this fucking retro. Mm hmm. Guy rock a throwback. Good jersey. Fuck yeah, you got to rock a throwback. This isn't, you know, take a look around. This ain't the fucking 90s, but it don't mean we can't live no, that way. It's true. I love snapbacks. Tonight, I'm going to party like it's 1999. Which means I'm going to get those weird 2000 glasses. <laughs> that could be one of your jokes. I'm going to party like it's 1999 and I'll put on your 2000 glasses. <laughs> and, um, what other kind of material you do? Like a lot of anti women stuff, anti. Yeah, anti women stuff, anti Muslim stuff. Start with yeah. your wetback material. Who do these fucking people think they are? All right, well, They're swimming in our country. Why did the Mexicans <laughs> throw his life off the roof? Why is that? Tequila. I didn't make that up, though. So say that you did. I and they pull out a gun and they say, anyone who said I didn't write that dies. <laughs> you get it? You get it? Uh, also, like, I bought these jeans, these cutoffs the other day. Yeah, I bought them half off. That's fucking good. Yeah. Wear those on stage. Oh, oh yeah, I could do that. Drew, you're on the run of face show. Uh, yeah, uh, Pecker Lips, do not ditch uh, Green Bay this week. The Saints have all but given up, man. We got nothing down here right now. No, I, I your head. Green Bay's going to win. Get your but... head coach thrown away for a year. I mean, what's going to happen? I don't think he's ever coming back either. Ah, I, I, look, he's going to go back somewhere with a huge pay raise. Yeah, but he ain't going to be back to New Orleans. Nope. See you later. Uh, we break. Coming up a little bit, little Steven is going to be on the show today. Uh, hopefully we'll get more gravity material. Yes. And what do we got to do to pull you out of this, Fez? We got to start talking about gay issues again? Want to do a couple gay issues? I'll, I'll do something gay when we come back. Whoa. Is that the only thing that interests you? No, it's not the only thing. We I've haven't just, talked all day. Yeah, I've just got myself fucked up. Want to talk about your issues when we come back? Does that get you talking? 
Uh, no, no, I'll talk about a, uh, this offer that a uh, Hong Kong billionaire is putting out there. What is it? Well, he wants someone to, uh, he's looking for a guy to turn his lesbian daughter. And any guy who can woo her and marry her... Is woo, is that you being some kind of anti-Chinese? Oh. No, woo <laughs> is in court her. Uh, we'll pick up... What fucking years he want this to happen? He's want a dowry? <laughs> you never hear about a lot of people wooing anymore. Or courting. So it's basically a wedding for, prize. I'm Look, here's the deal. You're going to tell me... It's a little Asian lesbian and think that I'm going to be fucking turned off? No. That doesn't work against me. Bring it. Give me... I'll do this for 62 mil. Bring it. And I'll make her choke on white dick. How's that sound, daddy? Because <laughs> over there, everyone's got a giant cock. They're like, why? You're going to kill me with that. That's fucking right. Zuboku, right? Huh? What do you mean, wrong country? Shut up. Give me that fucking money. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> Wait, do you think it's rape or woo? <laughs> so, are you for this or against it, Fez? Oh, you know what? If I would, if this was my dad doing this to me, making me mar uh, making me marry a woman, I would go through with it just to get the giant check at the end of the reception, and then once it's cashed. Uh, at the uh, I'd have someone take it to the bank, cash the check, and then go down on a guy right there at the reception just to take the well, money he, off of him. But she's a lesbian. Why would she go down on a guy? No, I'm saying if it was me. Wait, all right. So you just put yourself mm -hmm. in as if you lived in China? <laughs> yes. And it was back. If I was the Hong Kong girl and my father was trying to do this to me. You would go down on a guy? No, I would go down. If I was her, I would go down on a woman. <laughs> oh, all right. No, uh, no. If it was me, I'd go down on a guy. Have you gone down on a guy before? No, not yet. So it'd be a big surprise for everyone there. Really bad gay blowjob. And it would be the worst $65 million this guy ever spent. Well, apparently, $65 million ain't going to hurt him. I mean, if you're no. offering $65 million to marry your daughter. It's got to mean that you got six billion, and the story can't be true. It just can't. This has got to be some kind of urban myth. It just there's you could get this to happen without putting it in the paper. Chinese you could say to one of your assistants, "I'll give you sixty-five mil to marry my daughter," and he go, "Yeah, I yeah. will." Down pop. Yeah, because most people in China make like forty dollars a year. <laughs> I mean, you can make sixty-five million <laughs> last over there. It ain't like living in New York, where you're still gonna be looking for work by the end, by fucking December. Cigarettes are free <laughs> there. It's so fucking cheap. Yeah, but the air is like cigarettes and a lot. Of the parts. only thing that isn't free is freedom. Oh, what am I getting a job at a Foxconn factory? Oh yeah, I'm soldering fucking uh, flat screens, iPads. This is going great for me. Eric in Houston, you're on Fez. If Fezzy is the Hong Kong girl, Fezzy's asshole is as tight as this broad's pussy. Come on. I don't know. It may be. Logs alone, I think. He's oh, probably got so a and I would let the person keep the entire $65 million. 
What? Just to get back at this backwards father. No, you take the money because you're fucking the one providing it because you're doing the sham marriage. No, it's the person who's marrying me who gets the money. No, you get into a contract with them beforehand so you get a big fat chunk of it. I don't want any of it. Yes, I just take the want, money. It's $60 million. I just want to humiliate my father oh, at the reception. That fuck that. Take the cash. Hey, come on, you two. Stop it. We're all friends here. Guys. I'm sure there's a clause in the contract, too, for like... You have to marry them for like 10 years. Oh, shit. Before the money's dispersed. Fine, that's not going to keep me from going down on a guy and sending photos to my... Uh, well, he wants him. He wants her to go down on a guy. No, if it was me going down <laughs> on a guy. But oh, my thing is, is so you, for you to save me, you got to be her. All right, so... You got to be a little Asian girl. All right, so <laughs> it's me going, uh, going down, munching, and sending those photos to my Hong Kong father. <laughs> Here's what here's what you got for your sixty five million, a photo a week. Conolingus. Why are you so angry about this story? Because it's just ridiculous that this guy yes. thinks that money can ch uh, can actually change somebody's sexual orientation and who they love. You don't think a lot of people have gotten m married for money? Oh, I'm sure they have. So why be angry but, about it? But it's. Uh, but this guy is targeting her because well, she's he, a lesbian. He's targeting her because it's his daughter. And he wants to control his daughter's life. I think there's a lot of people like that all over the world. That say, I want you to marry a doctor. I want you to marry somebody in the military. You know, I'm a military man. I want you to marry a Republican because I'm a Repu Whatever it happens to be. Uh, the only reason why you're paying to this story, because paying attention to this... Because things only become uh, important when there's a pornographic amount of money attached to it. And then suddenly it's worthy. But I, I guarantee you, on your block, I bet there were people who felt they had to marry somebody because their parents liked them or thought that that was best. I guarantee you, you know people now. Friends of yours who felt like they were more or less bullied into the person that they married felt like they could not marry him after everything that went into it. I think it's pretty common. Uh, we break. Uh, we'll be back. Little Steven is coming up, too, to talk about the rascals. It's Ron and Fez show. This is the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez. Continues.
Ron's Radio Show. Six's favorite band in the whole world. And one of the worst named bands, I think, Oasis. is just god-awful. Doesn't make any sense to me. It sounds like a band that should be playing a fucking Holiday Inn. Hi, and we're Oasis. Blur was the better band and the better song writers. They didn't kill, try to fight each other like those two goddamn drunk brothers. Brothers do. Brothers fight. They fight and fight. They fight and fight and fight. All right. Uh, send me the kid and I'm going to do a contest with you guys. And I, I'm doing this to keep Fez Watley involved in the show. He's been in the thing called the Fog of War. Oh, As you know, he's been in a lot of stress. Six tours of Afghanistan. Holy shit. Um, and it's just been a, it's been a difficult thing for him to come back to. So here's a piece I want you guys to consider. Uh, there is somebody that's keeping an eye on Twitter right now, engaging for hate speech. So everybody have a pen and paper in front of you. Um, I want you to come up on Twitter itself. How many times in a month would the word faggot appear? Now, the reason why I say that word, Fez, is I'm trying to use it in a way. I'm, not, I'm trying to put it out there as the word itself. Um, There's a lot of people tweeting out there. Now, they actually look into what they consider anti-gay uh, language. Uh, so gay, no homo, dyke. But I'm simply looking for the word faggot. No other word goes into it. Um, oh, I got a number for you. 69. <laughs> uh, Chris Stanley, I'm going to allow you to go first. We're looking for the time, the time uh, per month this word would be used. 17 million. 17 million is a ridiculous number. Why? There's hundreds of millions of people on Twitter. But not hundreds of millions of fucking anti-gay people. I think a lot of people say, don't consider themselves anti-gay. And say that word. Yeah. <coughs> I went a little bit higher. <laughs> it's at 25 million. 25 yeah. million. <laughs> now I don't feel so bad. I feel a lot smarter. <laughs> Mm. Given you know different languages too, if you throw that in, oh, I didn't say Maricon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maricon. Maricon. Playing the Blue Jays. What do you got for us, Fez? I went. Uh, I guess I lowballed eight hundred thousand a month. The person who was most close was our own Fez Watley, and the the piece was near a million a month. So 800,000 may be right in that ballpark. Now, how would you have known 800,000, Fez? It's pretty good. Um, I just, I actually thought I was going high on it. And I just, everyone says it. Everyone says that word at some point in their lives. And, and a lot of times... I don't say, believe it. I think Fez counts himself. I think that he could end up working for the... Now, had you read this article? No, I had not even heard about this. Well, it's up on the iBang right now. Um, but I honestly do think that Fez searches for the word and counts. That's how. <laughs> I mean, Fez, you came almost exactly. You certainly were the winner by far. How many did you say? 17 million. I thought, in my head, I thought, this, I think I'm going to nail it. 
guess people aren't dropping the other F-bomb as much as I thought. No. No, they don't mind it. There's a lot of variety, too. There's so many words to choose for yeah, once we start to put the whole anti, you know, sexual thing together, it, we'd get up a lot higher. But it's it amazes me that someone would actually type out that word. I mean, I can almost understand the slip of a tongue where I I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say it that way. Or, but when you're deliberately typing it, yeah, you're really homophobic. Or like if you like pizza and you say to people, no, I am. I'm a pizza fag. That doesn't bother you as much as someone sitting down and typing it out. Like you could put up with someone calling themselves a pizza fag. No, I wouldn't want to hear that word. But you understand the way it gets said. It's almost said that way in a positive thing. Like I'm almost sexually attracted to pizza. I like it so much. It's so good I could put my dick in it. (laughs) I want to come on some pizza like a pizza fag. Why wouldn't that just make you a pizza heterosexual? Because pizza's a male a thing. Piece of male thing. Yeah, it's more of a slang thing. Yeah. Yeah. It means I like it. Yeah. Now, if it was that a cantaloupe. That word never means I like it. But, you, you know, and I'm trying, and uh, again, I'm saying in terms of slang, yeah, band facts at school. Where kids who would join the marching band would get called that, you know? Mm-hmm. But that was by people who didn't like the band kids. No, no. Everybody liked the band kids. Yeah, but you're just saying you have an, uh, there's a weird thing that you're attracted to, the marching band. And who, the, the fucking band directors used to yell at them and shit. And they yeah. never had time. Like, hey, we're going out to drive around the valley. You want to come? No, I can't. I got to do band practice. Band practice? What the fuck? You carry a tuba. <laughs> Still, it's harder than you think. <laughs> Just press play for Eye of the Tiger. I don't need your shitty rendition. I love Drumline. You can. It's hilarious. But it still stuns me that people will write that in a in a tweet and think that it's all right. That that's just everyday language. That it's that it's that common. I would like to see it compared to maybe the N word. Which one? The the racial slur. But which of all of them? The one that begins with N and ends with Gur. No, the reason why you can't say that word is it makes you uncomfortable? Yeah, I don't like to say that word. I don't like to hear that word. Same as this one. I don't know. I've known you for a long time. I've heard you say the word. I've heard you say it. How recent? Uh, We were at XM. I mean, we were at 57th Street. I heard him say it here. Whoa. Oh, yeah. But in a way of being shocking and funny, not like I don't like those people. No. Yeah, but I would n- I would never write it out. You would never say it in front of black people. I know that about you. You no. wait till they're gone. Absolutely not. <laughs> don't you think there's something a little weird about going around and like counting them though? Like counting how many times people say it. No, I, th- I think it's a good gauge to see what's out there homophobic-wise. Just that uh, it's basically knowing your enemy. Um, Tom, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, I think that Fez truly does not take into account the vast number of people who don't intend it as a sexual derogatory term. When you think about little kids who, you know, okay, rightfully or wrongfully, 
use the word faggot. They don't know anything about gay or straight. It's it's a term uh, to denote an we, effeminate person. We, and we you remember not, when, we, when we were little kids, we never said that, but we would say sissy. And I always uh, would use that as, and I'm talking like first or second grade, mm -hmm. long before I knew anything about sexual stuff, it, it honestly meant boys that uh, would rather play with the girls and do girl things than be with boys. And that was long before any kind of uh, anybody was having sex. Yeah, but you can't, that guy can't call in and say, oh, the vast majority of people who don't really mean it. That's such a cop out. Well, let's say, the, well, the way I gave it to you was like the band thing, thing. But what about the term sissy? Is that bad? Yeah, I, th I think that's bad. Yeah, because it's. So it's not one word that makes you upset, it's a lot of words. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, um, but I think that is the leading word. I think that's the worst so, out of all of them. So, so the bad thing is to say there's any difference at all. That's the part that makes you upset. To say that there's a difference between straight people and gay people and put it out there. There's no problem making a difference, but it's when you apply it, you apply gayness to something that has nothing to do with it. When it's like, when someone says that shirt is so gay and means it in the most derogatory way. I don't think it's a derogatory way, but uh, you're saying that only gays would wear that shirt. No, that's not how it's meant. Yeah, it is. When you say that shirt is gay... It it honestly means it's a gay that's for gays to wear. Oh, it's meant that is a horrible shirt, and only a horrible gay person would wear it. Horrible. I don't think so. I think it's, they're saying it's loud, like my father was saying. You're on your way to a Puerto Rican wedding when I would leave. <laughs> yeah. um, he was saying because Puerto Ricans wore louder shirts mm -hmm. than we wore, and I think that's what you're saying when you're saying the shirt is gay. Not so much it's a horrible shirt and you're horrible. You're saying. You're being flashy in a gay style. You're trying to bring attention to yourself. I, I think it's anything, it, when it's applied that way, it's anything that someone considers lame or stupid or, or loserish. Or Do you don't think that there's a gay dress code that gays will dress louder than straights? Yeah, but then just say that the shirt is uh, that shirt's loud. Say but but you're way. saying it, like saying that is a gay fashion. If somebody was wearing a rainbow flag, right? Uh -huh. Would you have a problem saying that's so gay? No, I wouldn't have it because that actually well, has something to do with being gay. But I think that's what people mean about the loud thing. I don't know if you have to be overly uh, sensitive to that. Um, well, well, well. It's HTG. HTG. Well, well, well. Homophobic TG calling in. You, um, she's made a lot of homophobic slurs over the years. Oh, God, yes. Well, I have, but I wanted to say that I've used the both the F word, the other F word, and the P word. All right, uh, I'm confused you. about the other F word. Well, this is the other F word. Oh, so yeah. you said... fuck. Okay, so uh, what's the P word, pussy? Yeah. Okay. I've used both of those words for years to refer to just someone that I thought wasn't being... A man. Now, I never once thought about it as being anti-gay, and I mean, the P word has nothing to do with gay. Both of them were just kind of to me like you're acting like a girl, so if anything, they were anti-women. Right. So my point Which is I think most gay slur is uh, anti-women. 
because we're basically saying you're acting like a girl. Sissy yeah. was also another name for sister, and that's why you got called a, sister, a sissy. You're acting like my sister, which would have been anti-woman. It's very right. anti-woman, but it's also uh, by saying it to a gay person, a gay man, that no, 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 you're not less than a man. Then you're not a man. No, I'm saying calling like, like you know, a football player who played badly or, or someone who, you know, someone who didn't, whatever, man up. Right. I've called them the F word for years, but I didn't mean that they were being a gay man. But, but my point, actually, is that now I don't use the F word anymore or the P word. And I don't think I'm less homophobic than I was before or more homophobic. I think I'm exactly, I still feel the same way about people that I felt. Before I stopped using it. So when I think when Fed says it's a cop-out to say you don't mean gay, I don't think it is a cop-out. All right, so what is the reason that you stopped using it? Because you're friends with Fez? Yeah, and because Fez had explained to me why it hurts his feelings, and that makes sense to me. And so I'll stop but because I don't want to hurt his feelings, but my intentions were always the same then and now, or, or that it had nothing to do with um, with having any bad feelings towards gay men or women. One thing that HTJ always says is this. Green Bay better nut up this week. Now, do you find that strange, Fez? It's a, it's a little weird, yeah. Mm. They need to nut up. It's totally <laughs> weird, not just a little. All right, so she's saying, even though she's made the move for you, that you're, because you're her friend, it doesn't make her any more or less homophobic. So what she's saying is... Even making this move for you is still only giving you a false sense of security. My thoughts on 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 nothing in, about my thoughts about people have changed. I still have no, you know. I still I'm, I don't believe I'm homophobic. If I have some slight homophobic things in me because of the way I was raised, that's a possibility. But I'm definitely not more or less. I may be more sensitive now. Here's the funny thing about Fez. When he's acting like, you're saying there's no difference between the two, right? Right. We've all seen me mad. We've all seen Hicks mad. Uh, well, we haven't seen the kid that mad. Not yet. Um, you've been mad for, I'd been say, seven minutes. You've been emotional about this, right? And your lips have been pursed. You would not see Hicks's lips pursed or mine or any other guy that I know. So there is, now when I think of pursed lips, I think of a woman being mad, not a man. Well, it's, I see, I don't agree with HTG that it's not a cop-out. It's a very convenient excuse to be, to say the, that F word you're, you're and then missing, not you, act on, and act like it has nothing to do with I, gay people. You just, you just fucking disregarded two things in a row that were said. Mine, you just totally blew off as if I didn't make anything. And you don't listen to HTG at all because you went back to the same point. She's made the moves that you've asked for, uh -huh. but she says her feelings have not changed even slightly. So even though her doing what you've asked, her feelings are exactly the same, and she's not more or less homophobic than she was before. And but, that's one of the things that you have to do when people make a point is to be there for them. But yeah, but I, and I appreciate what HDG did. That's but, not the point at all. The point is her... Mind hasn't changed, despite making the, the change. Her mind changed in the fact that she doesn't want to hurt a gay person's feelings. That's not, right, but, the, but that I'm wasn't not, the point of your thing. I'm not 
but but you're saying if you use the word, you are homophobic, and I'm saying me a year ago used the word, me a year ago, me now doesn't use the word, but that person is still as homophobic or as non-homophobic as they were then when they used the word. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I disagree with you. I think you're less homophobic if you're not using that word for a year later. I may be more gay-sensitive, but homophobic... Which would be less homophobic. Feel, but, but no, homophobic I don't think is so. how you feel to, about gays. Not how you act towards them. Phobic is, is, is subjective. It's how you feel. It's not how you act. That's why I think so, anyway. I think if you're being more sensitive, then yes, you're f then you've picked if, up that sensitivity, if and that's a change. I would say this: if you're being more sensitive, you're being gay. You know what I mean? Because well, that's what—that's a lot of what those words come from. Of you're being too sensitive, you're well, holding also, on too tightly. You're getting yeah. your feelings hurt so fucking fast. With with like my generation yeah. growing up, like we would use those words like as a put down, but also like the word faggot would equate oh. to. I'm sorry. The, uh, it would equate to like punk. Like that dude is a fucking punk. You know. Well, well here's the deal. And and would you mean punk is like in a good way? as in like no, like a, a rude person. Just like I, why would he do that? He's you know, but never equated to like the sexual and, aspect yeah, and, of it. Mm -hmm. But, but see, here's the, the thing. If you want to know where punk rock comes from, a punk was a twink, more or less, who went into fucking, yeah. he went into jail and he was going to get fucked whether he wanted to or not. Here's the interesting thing. These skinny fucking kids down in the Lower East Side who could get pushed around in the city started calling themselves punk. Do anything that you want to us because you're still not going to beat us. Spit on us, kick us, beat us up. We can fucking take it. We're punk rock. And they turn that into something positive and something powerful, Strong. where then people start going, dude, that is so punk rock. When you what, yelled at your boss, <laughs> that's punk rock. Almost saying, whatever you can say about us, we will not only accept it, but we will glorify it. And you don't see them sit around with pursed lips saying someone called this punk rock and now we're hurt. Well, it's almost I saying, I'll make my own scene. And I, I have a question for Fez. Does the P word, if I were to use that, does that offend you in any way, or does that does that seem homophobic in any way? Uh, no, not nearly as much as the F word. Why? But somewhat. Yeah. Why would it at all feel like a homophobic thing? Because it's uh, putting down someone who's uh, a guy and is telling them they're not a man. But what does that have to do with the gay part? Can, can I ever call a man not behaving like a man and not be accused of having having it have anything to do with people being gay or not gay? Hey, let's get that across. How is a man supposed to act? Is there a way that a man's supposed to act? Or does a man just have a penis? Well, you know, that's subjective. You know, like, that's a matter of opinion. And, and I'm, I, you're absolutely right that to say a man's not a man would be incorrect ever. But we're going to do it. We're going to say you're not acting like a man. We say that about people who don't take care of their children. We say yeah. that about people who drink their fucking paycheck instead of bringing it home and putting it towards their family's rent. We have no problem saying that. Now, just because we don't mean that that's effeminate, you're not offended by it. But we say you're not acting like a man. So the point is, being a man is just not having a, a penis. It would be up to everybody to come up with what your 
opinion of it. And and quite frankly, in terms of society, uh, it's women that are more likely to hold a family together. So why isn't that honored? Why is being a man so fucking honored? Why is it dishonored to be compared to a woman? To call somebody a pussy, anyone who's ever fucking seen childbirth take place would have to tell you that the vagina is one of the most strongest things <laughs> we have on the planet. We don't, there's not a lot of male things that, I, that I've ever seen that could compare. Maybe gut shot, but that oh. doesn't happen to too many men. That's something going in. Even yeah, you know, gut yeah. shot, I mean, fucking babies, you're pushing that out of all. I mean, at uh, most, you could just, you if you could push, I guess, a cue ball through your dick. Uh, maybe oh, even a wow, marble. Man. So why is pussy such a fucking terrible thing? Well, I, I've insulted women by, you know, saying you're acting like a, don't act like a fucking guy. You know, I've done that. I mean, there, there's just some things that I have expectations that women should be like and men should be like, and that doesn't make it right, but I do. Um. All right. Thanks, HTJ. All right. Thanks, guys. Time you're on the running Fez show. Hey, niggas. Are faggot? No. They not. Do, why not? Because they. That's their. If they want to call themselves that, that's their right. They're the. Gay you don't person. see how fucking ridiculous that is. That, you don't see that you will never be able to fucking own this now. By that point of view. It, you will never be able to own it. When you only say that some people... You will never own that word. You've given up forever. Forever. You're never going to get over now. You will never win that fucking debate. Because you've proven that it's not about a word. It's about a thought. But that's how they're choosing to identify themselves. I don't appreciate it, even in gay people. Then you would have to... If you don't appreciate it, you should hold the same thing. I don't appreciate when straight people say it. Not I'm crushed and offended. You know? But you're either in or out on that fucking argument. There's no way around it. Um, here's uh, Patrick. You're on the Running Fest show. Who was that? Uh, what do you got, Patrick? Oh, I'm sorry. It broke up there for a second. Uh, I just wanted to kind of remind everyone that most of these words had meanings far before they meant homosexual. And it's uh, almost kind of been hijacked into that term. So it's, it's, it's like these words already have multiple usages anyway. But I, I, if you just go back into it, when I was younger... One of the worst things that you could, two things that you never wanted to be called was a nerd or a geek. <laughs> Look how that has fucking totally been totally. owned when now that is mainstream. Yeah. A geek, when you pair, compared somebody to a geek, that is actually an old carny fucking term for fucking biting the heads off of chickens. You were sideshow material. So when you called somebody at school, a fucking geek, and look at me saying, he's a geek. He's a freak. He's You're basically saying he doesn't even fucking belong on the midway. <laughs> now, because those people owned it, you get a lot of frat boys calling themselves good luck. I've got to tell you the truth. I'm a geek when it comes to this. <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> because they own the word. 
they didn't say, it's okay if we call each other geeks because that's the way we wish to express ourselves. But if someone else calls us geek, we're going to fucking cry about it. You've got, you've got to think, what am I going to do to empower? And I think with Fez, the way that you're still upset is because you haven't done for yourself what your friends have done with you. And that's accept you. You don't accept yourself yet. I, I would agree with that. Then that's what I would work on. You'd have to work on that first before you figure out how the rest of the world. You, you don't accept yourself because you don't accept gayness yet. You accept it the same amount as when you uh, went to church. And you thought it was bad behavior. Sinful. You still do. You still do. When we sit around talking about why haven't you had gay sex, you still kind of find it disgusting. You talked yesterday, I don't want to end up getting hurt. I don't want this to happen. I don't want one of these fucking gays to bash my head in. Do, imagine if we sat around as straight guys and we're saying, those gays will bash your head in and kill you. You would say that we're being homophobic. It's a homophobic statement, and you make it. I was talking about strangers. People you, that I don't know. Gay strangers. You're not talking about a straight stranger coming into your house, bashing your head in. You're thinking about someone using your sinful sexuality to lure you into a place where he finally kills you. That's your biggest concern. Um, Tommy and Dallas, you're on my Fez. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Fez, you and I are faggots. We, we, you know, you're my faggot, buddy. We, we're fags, right? See, I, I I don't like it. It sounds horrible. And, no, no, that's the and, way it is. And if it was okay to say, uh, be, because it it's a different meaning, back, then people would be dropping the N-bomb with each other we're constantly, we're and people don't do that. They would replace that. White people, Spanish people, everybody would replace that as as a word for friend. They would use it Wait, all the time. What are you talking about now? The N-word. What about it? I said if if it was if all these things were okay and oh I didn't mean it that way if that's how people if the people that use fag that way Spanish people do use it that way Spanish people do uh, use words that you would think that they had no call to all the time completely mm -hmm. and to say that they don't you're just not paying attention particularly young boys uh, we got a little Stephen coming in we need to break first yes. Uh, we are going to give out a uh, something great for that uh, little Steven has signed for us. It's going to be uh, Sopranos. Season four. Uh, for first responders. What is his thing? At Stevie Van Zandt. At Stevie Van Zandt. I will tell you this. The, the fact that we get to work uh, with Steve Van Zandt is one of the coolest things for me. I'm a guy who saw the E Street Band back in the 70s. He has a band that he loves called The Rascals. Now, if you follow rock and roll, it was really one of the early American bands, a, a, a true band, where the guys all played their own instruments, sang, you know, it wasn't like a vocal group or whatever, and it wasn't somebody and the, you know what I mean? This was a band um, that were together writing music, uh, and they're one of those bands that when a lot of guys saw them, 
uh, got into them, started their own bands uh, from there. After like 40 years, he's bringing the Rascals back together at the Capitol Theater in Portchester, New York. That's the 13th, 14th, and 15th for their Once Upon a Dream Tour. You can go to the undergroundgarage.com. Um, also, there's a charity called Little Kids Rock that are going to honor Stephen Van Zandt um, in New York City on October 16th. Of course, there's the Underground Garage that you could hear here um, that he plays at. I think, does he still do the Outlaw Channel as well? He has Outlaw Country as well. Outlaw Country. So he is a busy, busy guy. Uh, do we need to break first? We, do, we okay. break first. I'm going to break first, but we'll come back and talk to Rascals with Little Steve. And remember, first responders... Um, it is Stevie Van Zant at Stevie Van Zant. So make sure that you uh, you're a first responder for this. We'll be right back. It's the Ron and Fez show. You're listening to the Ron and Fez show. More Ron and Fez coming up. What's your childhood do to my heart? you trying to do to my heart You go around telling lies You fool around with the other guy What you trying to do to my heart You better run You better hide You better leave From my side What you trying to do to my heart That is one of the great rock and roll bands of all time. The Rascals and Little Steven is here today to talk about what's going on with the Rascals right now. This is an amazing project. Whoever saw this coming out of the pipe? <laughs> yeah, it's taken a while and it's been uh, 
a little bit complicated, but it was, you know, it's worth it, you know? Um, well, first of all, exactly what are they going to be doing? I've heard about this show, but I'm not even sure how to put it together in my head. Yeah, it's it's new. It's a new yeah. idea. And, you know, I was first uh, introduced to them um, by an intermediary trying to get them together in 1982. Wow. They brought me in as as the conflict resolution guy, <laughs> and I failed. It's like, the, it's like the Middle East is taking about the same amount well, of time. Yeah, the Middle East is easy compared <laughs> to this. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, but you know, literally 82, and... Um, and they just weren't they just weren't ready yet and and so I've tried every pretty much every five years and then um and 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 to their credit you know they they never really had a reason to break up, mm. so there's not a lot of bad blood there, you know it was just one of them things where they just kind of started going in their own direction and they just kept going. There wasn't really a strong management situation to keep it together I well, think when know? the rascals were together you weren't supposed to be in a rock and roll band forever you know what I mean like <laughs> those bands were started and once you pretty much got out of college or your mid-20s you're like it's time to grow up so I maybe you know if they would have lasted another one two years and saw okay the Stones haven't broke up, and the Who hasn't broken up. Yeah. You know, it would start make sense to them. Maybe, maybe so. But you know, breaking up in nineteen seventy, they just kind of missed, you know, all the money and, mm -hmm. and, you know, sure. and, and all that because we didn't really become an industry till the seventies. So anyway, um, yeah. So so people have been throwing money at them for years, and to their credit, they just money was not a good enough reason for them to get back together. So uh, about three years ago now. Um, I got them together for a, uh, a benefit, the Christian Ann Carr benefit. Mm -hmm. I remember that happened downtown, right? Yes, Tribeca uh, uh, Grill. Yeah. Uh, you know, for a cancer, um, you know, benefit, and um, and that brought them together for the first time, really, since the induction ceremony when I inducted them yeah. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they were so good that night. I just thought, you know, they gotta they gotta come back. Um, and um, I've been working on it ever since. And um, it needed a bigger idea than just a, a, a rock band's reunion, you know, in my mm -hmm. mind. And this is just me. They, they weren't demanding this or anything. I, it was just, um, I felt, you know, they're not only extraordinary and, and literally, you know, our Beatles, you know, our, sort mm -hmm. of our local Beatles in New Jersey. Uh, but, you know, they became, you know... People Gotta Be Free became one of the anthems of the civil rights Gigantic, movement. Gigantic. You know, yeah. and, you know, all that. Um, so I thought, let's, let's do something. Let's, let's try something new. Let's try a hybrid rock concert and, and Broadway show, sort of. Uh, let's, let's mix the two together in, in the sense of they will be on stage. The only thing live will be them playing the songs, the four original guys. Mm -hmm. But then in between the songs, we're going to have them narrating their story on big screens and uh and then a third element will be um uh actors uh, portraying them as 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 younger guys um i don't know yet it's probably eight or ten scenes that'll be um you know critical moments in their career mm -hmm. uh, on on the screen as, as you're as, right no one's ever tried this before this yeah. is 
beyond like what they did with Tommy and the Who, where it was that's more traditional. This is a hybrid. This it's a is a hybrid mixed yeah. media. Yeah. And my co-director and co-producer is Mark Brickman, and you know, and I, I don't know who else I, I could have done it with. Um, he's just uh, the most brilliant staging and he's lighting. He's a genius. He's yeah. honestly a genius when it comes to lighting. So and has so, worked with everybody, right? Well, Pink Floyd. He's he's got the new new Roger Waters wall show yeah, out it's right now. Insane. McCartney he started off as Bruce's light man. And, uh, you know, he did the Olympics and Blue Man Group and all kinds of things. And, and you know, he's been one of my best friends ever since uh, I met him in whatever, 73, whatever it was. Um, so we've been waiting for three years trying to figure out, okay, we just need the perfect venue. Mm-hmm. And we got the ideas. Um, and along comes uh, uh, Peter Shapiro, who uh, it just so happened hired Mark to design the lighting for for this theater that he's uh, restoring, the Capitol Theater in Port Chester. Uh, he, he restored it back to its 1926 uh, magnificence. It's amazing. Uh, Where do you see this place? It's just unbelievable. And um, and Mark calls me and says, I, I, got, I got the place and I got the guy because this guy, Peter Shapiro, is like an old-school, creative, entrepreneurial kind of promoter which you don't see anymore right you know um you know I, I, i've been using bill graham of our generation sure. you know uh, but basically it took him to be that final little piece of the puzzle to say okay i want this show and i want it here and the sh- and because of his foresight he has he has not only the sound and the lights all built in but projectors so I'm going to be probably using the theater to its maximum for the first time wow. when we do this show, you know. And uh, the only thing we're going to probably have to bring in is the LED, which is going to be quite unusual. You know? It, you know, the the odd thing too is because of the time that they were around, um, the Rascals did one of those real kind of quick changes. They were kind of like a garage band at first, and then kind of a pop group, and then it kind of got hippie. There was so many different changes that took place in the whole world while that was happening. Well, they, they what I've said is, not only do, will you get their history, but but through their hit singles, even, you get the history of the 60s. And, right. And, and, you know, and that extraordinary evolution that took place so quickly back then, because yeah. time was different in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 you know every three months was a major change in mm-hmm. the culture as as opposed to now where yeah. you know literally five years goes by and nothing happens you know <laughs> yeah you know but back then three months look out you know you're looking at a whole right. different thing happening and and they went you know basically only were, were together for five years but you know pretty much it's really extraordinary when you think about that five years because here they are they're kind of like street kids at first. And the next thing they're talking about Martin Luther King and civil rights and yeah. you know the 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 war and all these things are happening and that's what you guys hope to catch through this multimedia show. Exactly, exactly. You want to have a little bit of a, the flavor of the times of the 60s for those who weren't there. Give, mm-hmm. give them a little taste of what it was like. And then for those who were, right. it's going to be a refreshing sort of, you know, um not just nostalgia, but but there's something about the Rascals music that's not only timeless but particularly necessary right now i think you know there's a certain idealism but in a tough way it's sort of a it's sort of i a, agree with you you know there. what i mean it's not a it's not a you know 
it, it's got a certain idealism that I think we could use right now. This is, as we see, to be quite quite cynical, you know. Yeah, we are quite cynical, but it is a good thing to show that you can be straight and still kind of high-minded. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, give up or pretend that you're something else. You know, you don't have to give up that street thing. Because they were, to me, that band always was like the animals or, you know, our version of that, you know, yeah. the animals. Well, just, well, just the, the, the blue-eyed soul thing. I mean, right. you know, it's only... Really, them, the Righteous Brothers, uh, a little bit of Mitch Ryder. You know, there wasn't there wasn't that many guys right. who were that good. And know? do you remember where you were when you first heard this music? Is that why you yeah. held on to this? Is it's yeah? I, I talked about it in my induction ceremony uh, when I inducted them in the, in the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I was I was with a, a girlfriend, and uh, <laughs> you know. Trying to you know uh, <laughs> get the first base or second I don't know where I'm in between I was in the on the baseline somewhere there and uh, and on comes I ain't getting it up my heart anymore and I and I just like stopped having attempted sex and <laughs> I was like wait a minute wait 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 this is this is more important to me you know and uh, it, it was true it was just you know Eddie, Eddie Brigatti's voice. Uh, on that first record was just just incredible uh, Gene's solo n no one's ever played a solo quite like that solo it's been copied a million times since you know and that that whole that whole sound you know of a very simple band but but yet uh, extremely soulful and, mm. and rocking at the same time and very emotional and very sexy very sensual it had it all so I just was like, a, I was hooked from right from the very first moment. And they were one of those bands that people thought, oh, we can start a band. Not just like, we can listen to them, but you know, well, they're one of the bands that got bands started, I think. Not only that, but I'm sure Hammond B3 probably owes them a yeah. few, a few uh, you know, royalty <laughs> points, you know? I mean, not too many bands had that big organ. And, you know, not not everybody could afford one, of course, right. but... Uh, but you know, uh, Danny Federici, you know, with the Woody Street Band, yeah, uh, was one of those guys who right away got that organ. And uh, and if you had one, but you were you were a special kind of guy, you know. Yeah. You had, uh, of course, you had to have a furniture mover to get it around, but you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, but Felix made that organ uh, famous. You know. Well, you know, it also the the fact that the East Street Band reminds me of them with the fact that you guys were always street guys and you're still street guys to this day, but at the same time, you're ready to go out and, and do the Sun City record and stuff like that. I mean, you've always been very high-minded at the same time, not acting like you need to, you know, go to an Ivy League school to be able to say those things, you know? No, it's quite the contrary, I think. You go to an Ivy League school, you know, you end up... Hanging out with Mitt Romney. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't get nothing done. You, know, you make a lot of money. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, once you make that money, you don't know what to do with it. So, you know, what good is it? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, get, a, get a fourth garage or whatever they do with, you know. So this is one of the bands that you kind of, you guys kind of based yourselves on from a very absolutely early right. place, yeah, absolutely. And we, we kind of adopted them, even though only half of them actually are from Jersey. Mm -hmm. They became like a, adopted by Jersey as as our own, and we thought of them as our own, and uh, very very much uh, uh, heroes of ours. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you're doing, and you can check this out at undergroundgarage.com, is that you can be part of the Kickstarter program oh, yeah. with this yeah. which is a really unique way for people to get involved with the music now 
Yeah, it's a new thing that that um, I really like the idea of, of people participating in the process. And uh, you know, we're we're, we're going to do a huge production either way. But uh, the more that comes in on Kickstarter, the bigger the production will be. Every single every dollar that comes in is going straight to the production to give the rascals as big a production as, as, as possible because that's what they deserve. And everybody who, who participates, of course, becomes part of the process, and they will be literally part of the comeback of the rascals and something I think everybody can be proud of. You know? uh, this is over at theundergroundgarage.com. You can be hooked up with the uh, Kickstarter program. And also, this is the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, uh, Stephen was just saying this is a old, beautiful theater brought back to life yeah. in December thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. I and think uh, tickets go on sale Friday. Where are we today? Uh, what are we on Thursday right now? Yeah, so Friday. So, so tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Friday they go on sale. Eleven a.m. Yeah. And this is one of those things I expected to be pretty star-studded event too. I think a <laughs> well, lot of of musicians want to get together and see this they, happen. They have been like the lost, you know, yeah. whatever, Ark of the Covenant of rock <laughs> and roll, whatever you want, you know, like like the the group that, you know, very few people actually saw live and always wanted to, you know. Well, you know, the, even when I looked up uh, stuff with them on YouTube before, it was always like hullabaloo or something. You would never really get yeah. concert footage, but a lot of that, you know, 1960s dance show stuff. That's true. So it would be the first time to really see them in that in a real true concert yeah. event. And and they're, you know, amazingly great still and um it's just good to see, you know, we did the rehearsals for the benefit uh, 3 yeah. years ago. And I just got chills in, in the rehearsal hall when they start to play. You know, when when a band really has that chemistry, it's there's, there's nothing you can't fake it. You know, what I mean, it's not something you can you can you can create or or or, or pretend. It, it, it's it's absolute magic, and and they have that thing. You know, this uh, just those typical those four guys are just individually they're one thing, and together they're something else. Yeah. Isn't that something? And there's no way to understand how that works. No. You, know? you know, we always, we use the word chemistry, and yeah. but, but it, that's what it is. It's 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 alchemy. It, it's you know, it's it's absolute magic, and you know, you don't see it around too much anymore. You know, you know what I mean. Things are yeah. now processed, and they're kind of you know very kind of created in a way you know much more uh, intellectually but back then man you know either you had that chemistry or you didn't and, uh, and there was always something too about guys from the same neighborhood that there's suddenly something that's almost somewhat most gang light like about it where they know each other's movements you know and you can see that in so many bands like the kinks had that you know yeah yeah it develops too after yeah. you know because they you know in this case, it was it was odd elements that kind of came together, you know. Uh, you know, Felix, you know, really quite schooled in, in his own way, coming from almost a classical place, but but loving soul music, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Dino hanging out with the big bands and really a, a jazz drummer, um, you know. Gene really coming from rockabilly, and Eddie with his brother David, you know, kind of doo wop and and all that. So. Interesting for combination when they when they got together that you know you, you can hear all those elements in in their music but it created something new yeah somewhere in the middle that it just hits the subconscious that there's something completely different yeah. 
Um, you're being honored on October 16th and some neat stuff. What's happening there? Yeah, you know, it's a very cool organization uh, called Little Kids Rock. Uh, we've been supporting it in the last couple of years. My wife's on the board. And um, they give guitars to kids that, you know, can't afford them. And, wow. and you know, it's a wonderful thing. You know, um, my my own foundation, Rock and Roll Forever Foundation, is writing the history of rock and roll for schools, which we hope to have in a pilot program as early as uh, next year. But um, so so we kind of work with these guys, uh, little kids rock, and they um, but they actually put guitars in kids' hands, which I love. And uh, I, I've gone I've gone to the school in the Bronx, and you know it's like you're buying these kids a car. I mean, they they look at the sure. guitar like like this you know this incredible gift and um and you know they would just never ever have one if if somebody wasn't handing it to them you right. know what i mean it's just not something that's in their consciousness exactly but they love it and they learn how to play them and you know uh you know helping a new generation uh, hope hopefully uh, get, get into uh, playing instruments and not just doing computer stuff and right. not just doing all you know which is fine but it's nice if people actually play an instrument now and then, too. You know? And it's also interesting that you never know what else that opens up in their mind. Well, uh, that, think of how many things that rock and roll has, intellectual things rock and roll has led you to over the that, years. That, first of all, that is true. Everything mm -hmm. I know, I, I've learned right. from rock and roll, you know, whatever, you know, whatever that may be. But also, there's statistics show that kids who, who learn music and study music or do better in math than science, actually. Mm -hmm. So there's a connection there also. But this is a very nice honor, and, and, and uh, artists are going to come and play my song. Gonna, you know, each one of them is going to do a song of mine. Um, Look at uh, some of these people. Elvis Costello, yeah. Darlene Love, Tom yeah. Morello. I mean, yeah. it's amazing people to show yeah. up like Gary that. Gary Response, Southside's coming, you know. Wow. And it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be quite a special uh, evening. That's October 16th, uh, yeah, at the ha Hammerstein Ballroom you know, on 34th Street. And you could also check that out at the undergroundgarage.com. Uh, you do keep busy, huh? You do have yeah, a lot of stuff things. that you're doing. <laughs> I, I know that you're going to be up at the 92nd Street Y doing an interview. Have, have you ever right. uh, done anything like that before? Yeah, or? you know, I, they, they interviewed me there um, uh, years ago, and then I interviewed Dion. Uh, there wow. and now and this time it's uh, Andrew Lou Goldham I'm, I'm interviewing uh, about this new uh, Stones uh, it's an old Stones movie called Charlie is My Darling that was like uh, never came out it was just sort of a almost like a home movie in, in a way but but uh, now has been finished and and uh, for 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 Stones fans it's just, it's just like again I had never even heard of this project yeah. I had no idea this is some footage that was shot while they were on tour. Like '65. That's right in Ireland. In I Ireland, believe. yeah, yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I've seen the bootleg, you know, a million times. All, all of us freaks, you know, find mm -hmm. these things as bootlegs. But so this is going to be the first time anyone's seen it as in a pristine copy and and finished and actually with you know good sound and everything else. Right. So so that's coming out. Uh, and and uh, Andrew uh, Lou Goldham, uh, of course, being their manager and producer at the time was one of the producers of the film and so I'm going to interview him um, and of course he's also my star uh, one of my great star DJs on the, in the Underground Garage sure. uh, here on Channel 21 um, but um, it's going to be a lot of fun because 92nd um, Street Y uh, uh, you know, really, they pull a great audience and, and it's always a, it's always a fun experience over there well it's so great to see you again man and really keep us all updated on this Rascals project because I think it's amazing and it would be cool enough if you were just bringing them back 
to do a show or two. But this other thing that you're working out, who knows where that could go, huh? Yeah, and I, I don't know myself. You know, we'll see. We'll all yeah. find out together. But I just felt let's be a little, let's be as ambitious as their music was. You know what I mean? Right. Let's be as adventurous as their music was, and and see where we go. You know, we'll see. I, th I think it's going to be good, though. I really do. And really, it's always important to me. I think that Americans understand their own music. It's just sometimes heartbreaking to find out that some of this stuff gets forgotten. And it's just a matter of, of repackaging, you know, and putting it back together the way that you're doing. It's already there. You know what? That's a good point because when, when a band breaks up like they did and then and then don't, re don't reform for all those years, yeah. they tend to get forgotten, let's face it. Yeah. You know, and... Um, that's why I, I was so happy, like, even when, when the Yardbirds got new guys and they go back out. That's a good way to keep the music alive, you know? And, uh, of course, the Who, you know, the, and, and, you know, I wish I wish the Kinks would do it also. Sure. Um, very happy Jay Giles band. Fantastic together, you know? live band. Anyone who's never seen the Jay Giles band live may have missed out on rock and roll. Again, you know? it's, it's that kind of thing. And, and, and the Rascals were in that, in that category. And, and, and even, even before Jay Giles, who, who had, you know, the, the great reputation live, but then nobody sees them. Right. And you, you can't, you tend to start forgetting about yeah, them. Yeah. Years and, go by. And even oldies radio now is, is becoming useless because oldies is like eighties and nineties. Yeah. It's you know? really, I yeah. Mean, like, MTV. <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? It's really MTV. <laughs> let's go, <laughs> let's go all the way back to, uh, you know, what, you know, uh, one of those, yeah, eighties groups. But, uh, Anyway, we, we of course we keep the rascals alive in the underground garage. So. Well, it's great to see you again. Undergroundgarage.com. I'll see you next time through. All right, cool, buddy. And, Absolutely. And thank you so much for these projects. I think it's fantastic. I'll see you next time. Okay.
Uh, rascals. Young Rascals back then. Which I think is one of the coolest names ever. Um, little Steven and talking about that. They'll be playing the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York, December 13th, 14th, and 15th. Tickets are going on sale tomorrow. This uh, show that he's putting together just sounds crazy, though, right? It sounds really cool. And Port Chester, that's my old stomping grounds. Oh, it is. Right next to SUNY Purchase. Would go to the beer distributor run by a Native American man in there. So maybe this is a fucking road trip that you and I got to make. We'll go up. We'll see this show. Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, that the last one, that, that when he put the Rascals together here, it was like star-studded. It was like Bill Murray was there. De Niro was there. All these dudes that like heard this band years ago. <laughs> like what? They're together again? Yeah. That's fucking really cool. I ain't going to eat up my heart anymore. Uh, I love it when uh, Stephen comes by, though. We've got to do a show. We just sit and play music. Because like, as soon as he came in, he just starts grooving he to it. He loves it. It's yeah. really great to see. And, you know, his channels are great. Underground Garage and Outlaw Country. Shit. Um, well, the Underground Garage, he does... Um, he kind of invented that even back on Terrestrial. And he kind of did an Eddie Trunk thing with it. I was very surprised to see him without Low Country until I started to listen to it a little bit. And just goes, he just likes real music. He likes all music, really. But it's funny where little Steven, he does act like a regular guy. Yeah. For his crazy, you know, I mean, like he's coming in here dressed like a gypsy pirate. But he does talk like a regular, and I mean, he's a soprano. But you can forget that and just act like you work at the same place with him because he's so cool for I it. Love but him. Um, get the soprano signed uh, right now. At Stevie Van Zant. Uh, at Stevie Van Zant. Bring up the rascals to him because, damn it, he loves them. He will get into a conversation with anybody about the rascals. But you forget that guy that was just sitting in here, just played three nights, sold out Giant Stadium. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How many people who've ever even played rock and roll in their life understand what it's like to be the headliner in a stadium gig? Packed out stadium. And that's been going on for, what, 30-some years with Bruce? It's a while. Uh, I also think it's cool that he gets involved in so many other stuff. All right. Um, at... Stevie Van Zant at Stevie Van Zant first responders jump all over that get on that jump all over that grind it uh Fez you uh we're gonna bring up about the gentleman who sent us an email yeah Josh from Rochester sent us an email he's got a three-year-old son Bruce born with a heart defect so he's had a couple of very serious surgeries so far. His birthday is on Saturday, and then on Monday, little three-year-old Bruce goes in for a third surgery on his heart. So Josh from Rochester just wants all the listeners to please keep Bruce in their thoughts and their prayers and just be thinking about him as he goes through this ordeal on Monday. I'm willing to do more. I'm willing to perform the operation. There's a lot of things. When I was a kid, not so much a doctor, but I was a kid, I was an excellent player of this game called Operation. Mm, the board now, game. I've heard yeah. of that. Have you ever played it? 
Yes, but I was, I've never was any good at it. I was excellent at it. Never set off the buzzer once. Never saw that red light. Had it planned that I would go in, take the battery out, and then perform the operations flawlessly. Yeah. Afterwards, battery goes back in, and next people are, uh, you know, struggling with it. It's cheating. What's this kid's name? It's Bruce. He turns three years old this weekend. Bruce, I'll be there for you. Just show me where the battery is. It's a human. We don't have are problems. you going to do Catholic prayers for this kid? <laughs> I could do Catholic prayers for him. But as, as an atheist, you don't pray for people anymore. No, I, I don't pray for people, but I will be thinking about Bruce. Mm, that doesn't do good. You have to have a Catholic prayer. Why don't you go light, light a candle? There's candle apps. People got their iPads in the candle apps. That's sweet, you know? I don't like a candle app. I like an actual candle. Yeah, I like Seriously, I like to smell wax. We're in the digital age. It's a digital revolution. To you, it is. To me, it's an age of court and spark. That's where I live. You gotta look around us. We're digitating. Uh, Mike, in Houston, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, good interview, but I was wondering why you didn't ask uh, Stevie why he never plays a bald guy in any of his movies. Would it possibly cut into his bandana and toupee sponsorships? Um, first of all, I'm loving. See, that's the thing. This is how you get people to come back. Oh, wait, you're into this band? Let's get into it. Let's do it. I ain't gonna. Now I want to go up to that show. It sounds like it'd be an awesome show. It sounds like it'd go either way. I mean, when you're talking about actors up there and light shows. It's, it's what, So you have that app just so you can have a candle anytime you want it? And look, I move it and then it's like the flame. Oh, that is pretty cool. Right? Yeah. Oh my God, it's windy. Hope this candle doesn't go out. Oh wait, it's an app. It's never gonna go out. I see. <laughs> so even when you were worried about it, you know, you were performing yourself. I had to wear a bandana for a whole year when I got my um, forehead tore off. Holy shit! How? Went through a windshield. Fuck. Um. But then they, what they did, they kind of take a, took a lathe and took all the rest of the skin off, so it was like all red, and then, you know, your skin starts to grow back. But it's like baby skin, so it can't be in the sun, it can't get anything, so I had to, I was wearing the exact same shit that he was wearing <laughs> for a year. That's fucked up. Matter of fact, there's a picture of me, Fez is dressed like, when you were back making fun of your gay days. Uh, but we had done some crazy thing, and then they took that out and put it in the Daily News of me and Fuzz. Were there dreadlocks involved? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had dreads for real, and I had that thing for real. I was a little fucking crazy in those days. Now look at That's me awesome. fucking seriously. Um, John, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B., can we, uh, can we say a Catholic prayer even though we're not a Catholic? No, of course not. That would just be like wasting your time. Yeah. 
Well, didn't Hicks say Catholic first? Yeah, he's a Catholic. I'm a Catholic. I was baptized. Oh, I wasn't wow. com- communed or confirmed. I wasn't confirmed. Don't even worry I about that. I didn't know Pitchfork could be baptized. The fact that you were baptized just tells you plenty. Yeah. So, that's all you got to worry about right now. Hmm. And you got to be able to pull that off. Hell yeah. Fucking rock it. Rock it and cock it. And first responders, that's at Stevie Van Zant. Zant, Z-A-N-D-T. Um, Blowhard wants to get in on this. What? What are you up to, Blowhard? Uh, digging the interview, man. I... I was a big fan of the Young Rascals slash Rascals, and I'm really glad they're getting their due because Little Steven is just amazing, and I love his, his uh, Channel 21. I listen to it when I'm not listening to you guys, but it brings me back to, like, 1965 or 66, and there was a head shop clothing store down the corner from my house in Bay Ridge, and the Rascals made a personal appearance, and we all went down to see them. They weren't playing. They were just hanging out, signing autographs, 5,000 people showed up. They had to close like three or four streets. And you don't understand, like a lot of people don't remember, the popularity of this group. They were huge. And they were definitely big AM radio hits. Um, the hits just keep on coming with them. And it's just so great. to. I mean, this show sounds incredible. It does sound really, really crazy. It sounds like a Beatlemania, but... But with the actual Beatles in it. I mean, it's just incredible, and I'm so glad that some of these bands from the past are just getting their due, because I always thought that the Rascals... But here's what it really takes when you look at that. It takes a guy who's on top, like Steven is, you know what I mean? To get behind that To bring that together and say, hey, here's what it comes from, because like we were talking about with the fact that oldies radio has kind of forgotten... The birth of rock and roll. Let's face it, you can't hear Jerry Lee Lewis. Nah, they ignore the oh, hell no. nowadays. Uh, you can't hear Chuck Berry. And these people, uh, you can't hear really Buddy Holly anymore. These people invented rock and roll. I mean, they are the beginning of this art form that is an American art form. It's beautiful. Yeah, the oldie station here in New York, now they just play the best of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And they totally ignore the 50s. And when you were talking earlier about great uh, piano players, yeah, nobody mentioned Little Richard. Well, we did. Well, I didn't. I think I must have been in the bathroom for that. No, one. we did it during the commercial. We oh, okay, during screaming. the commercial. Because that screaming. Been what about but, Little uh, Richard? I actually, in a lot of ways, I prefer Little Richard to J- JLL, and I love JLL. Wow. But Little Richard was really fucking crazy. You were mentioning like, all these guys from the 70s and 80s and 90s, and I'm like, what about the But you know, the here's the other thing. Let's go back to this. Know? Art Garfunkel was saying Buddy Holly is the reason why those guys got interested. Don McLean was in here last week, Buddy Holly. Go around and ask the kids about Buddy Holly. They might have forgotten him completely. And that's an American genius. Man, the other day when you did that uh, Art Garfunkel thing, man, I was captivated. And when you ended it with Bridge Over Troubled Waters... The way he sings? I I, I was getting teary-eyed. I swear to God, I was... uh, it's just such a beautiful song, the vocals, the arrangement. And to this day, it's still incredibly listenable and just beautiful. And here's the weird thing. 
Those guys did that and then broke up. I mean, they couldn't have been any bigger. And then they walked away from each other. And stayed broken up. For and you were right about the soundtrack for The Graduate. What a, what, it's phenomenal. Like soundtrack. Scarborough Fair. And I yeah. mean, the vocals are just fascinating. And uh, I never heard Art Garfunkel do an interview before. And all these years, I've been like a fan of them since the 60s. I never really heard him being so candid and being so open. I think he really was. I uh, he had an exclusive there because I, he, he's been so reclusive. Yeah, he has, but he really, and it's not a comfortable thing for him, you know, so he had to kind of warm up, but he loves this album, man, and the album is, his singing on the album is phenomenal. Well, you were in the pocket, my friend. That was Stop it. You know what? You're the one who got Mikey Boy to put the picture of himself up when he was, looks like a zygote, just fucking promoting oh, his the Orioles. Commercial? And you're now saying the Orioles could go all the way. Yeah, the Orioles could be the uh, like you know the the, the team the uh, the Cardinals the from last year. Hey, listen, man, this team is young and dedicated, and just you know they believe in themselves. They hit seven home runs the other night. Jesus, the Yankees can't shake them. My Yankees who are getting old and cranky, and you know pretty soon the Yankees are just going to fall apart like sixty-five. Oh no, they're just so old, and A Rod can't even hit a fastball anymore. It's that tough here. It's all. Like all right, blow it. I got to get going, day, buddy. Daryl, real quick, what do you got, pal? Hey, man. Uh, hey, look, we got a lot of homeless musicians in Austin down here, and I was wondering if you if you talk to Stevie, can you ask him about donating some of his bandanas to some of the balding homeless musicians down here? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, I just want to ask Fez if he plans on going back to the Nut Hut since he's not cured at all. Uh, any thought of that, Fizz? No, I'm going to give the medicine a chance here. Give pills a chance. That wasn't the point of the way we were going to bring you back, though. We were going to wait and bring you back when you were ready. I didn't want you to struggle in the air like this again. That's the letdown part. Um, some of the owners are complaining about uh, oil stock on the league board. You know what? This is this matters to Mikey Boy. And I mean, he cares quite a bit. You can see when he was a young girl, he actually even did an Orioles commercial. Um, and he was just a little girl then. If that little girl wants to talk about baseball, maybe she should join a fantasy baseball league and post in a fantasy baseball league forum. Uh, plug the first responders again. At Stevie Van Zant. You can win. Sopranos, season four, signed by Stevie Van Zandt. And it's, of course, up on the iBang, um, up on the iBang right now. Uh, we will see you guys in here tomorrow. Also, Paul Feig unmasked. Go to the iBang. It's Sunday, October 7th. It'll be here by 10.30 a.m. It's a weekend. It's nice. Bust out a brunch afterwards. Oh, we didn't even plug the snack today. It's sitting up there, and we're looking at it. We didn't even plug it. Oh, we got. We might have to switch again. Uh, go fishing. Read it off to us, Fez. It's go fishing. This is fishnet pantyhose. She's out to catch you with those fishnet pantyhose. Oh, you're quoting songs. You know who that is, right? No, I don't know who that is. How do you not know? That's more staying a motherfucking time, my friend. Uh, get in, first responders. At Stevie Van Zant. At, At Stevie, Stevie Van, Van Zant. Zant. Uh, we will 
See you guys in here tomorrow. Uh, looks like uh, something cool we're going to be doing with an actor from Boardwalk Empire. Michael yep. Shannon is bringing his band by. A little live music? A little live music. Could be fun. This. <laughs> Michael Shannon's the man. I love him. Yeah, we do love him. And that's the end of my show. Donk. Thanks for listening to today's Ron and Fez show. We hope you enjoyed it. For your convenience, this program will re-air tonight at 1 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Predictably enough, the Opie and Anthony show is next on the Opie and Anthony channel. Get it?